My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 238, and it's WWE SummerSlam. Dan, are you excited for tonight's event? I am very excited, yeah, there are a few good matchups lined up on the card, and I can't wait to get going. Without doubt, we were live for kickoff for over two hours, and it was a very eventful kickoff as well, wasn't it, Dan, you know? Absolutely, yeah, we had the, uh, the rated R Superstar... <laughs> making his return and not only that he speared Elias as well without a doubt and also uh, we'll, we'll get on to that in a minute actually because before we do anything Dan you've got a very special alternate intro for us I have yes and it is a Canadian theme I didn't agree with the one James had because it was insulting to all you lovely Canucks out there so uh, I've come up with a better one and this is a Canadian legend <clears throat> everybody come and play Throw every last care away. Let's go to the mall today. Let's go to the mall, everybody. Come on, Jessica. Come on, Tori. Let's go to the mall. You won't be sorry. Put on your jelly bracelets and your cool graffiti coat. At the mall, having fun is what it's all about. And that is James. Robin Sparkles, sung by Kobe Smulders. From How I Met Your Mother. Absolutely. So there we go, true Canadian Dan, and I tell you something, we've had the video as well, and it's been, at, well, it's, it's a normal video, basically just hyping up every single match that we've been talking about tonight, and of course, with a cool music video, what match are you most looking forward to tonight? Um, It's going to have to be AJ Styles versus ricochet yeah i mean there's so many matches but i think that one really stands out we get fireworks to start off as well which really gives it the big fight feel and uh, michael cole Corey graves and renee young on commentary but we do predictions as well do you want to explain the prediction league quickly dan yes yeah, the prediction league we've got three leagues going we've got a wwe pay-per-view we've got the nxt pay-per-view and we have bonus scores as well yeah, and at the moment, pay-per-view-wise, I'm 7-2 up. But the comeback, Dan, you said was on last month. Are you still confident? It was, yeah. You know, I managed to uh, regain one back, stopping your unbeatable streak. And uh, I feel confident has turned in my favour. Well, we should find out. Uh, like we said, we had three matches on the kickoff. We had Lorcan versus Gulak, Murphy versus Cruz, and the Iconics versus Cross and Bliss. Uh, Murphy got, well... 
Murphy won via disqualification because Eric Rowan came out and beat the absolute piss out of him, which you loved, Dan, didn't you? I did, yes. You know, James thought his man, Buddy Murphy, was going to get the victory over Apollo Crews in a straight-up match, but no. Because he brought Rowan and Brian's name into proceedings, Eric Rowan just beat the snot out of him. Yeah, so out of fortunate. And in the next match, your favourite Bliss and Cross were successful against the Iconics. Yeah, so, uh, and our prediction-wise, we all went, well, we went for Drew, Murphy, and Bliss and Cross, and they all won, so it is three apiece going on to the main show. Yeah, the main show's going to start off with the Women's Championship match. It's going to be Natalia versus Becky Lynch for in a submission match for the women's title. And this has been a feud that's kind of come along suddenly. Natalia's trying to make it a little bit more personal now with the kind of attacks with Lynch. We've talked about Lynch as a women's champion, and I don't know if this is the kind of main feud, but the crowd are definitely going to be behind Natalia in this one coming from Canada. What are your thoughts on the story leading into this, Dan? Uh, well, I don't think there has been much of a story. As I've said on a couple of occasions, I think Natalia is only in this match because she is Canadian. Well, prediction-wise, who have you gone for in this match? Well, James, I haven't gone for Becky Lynch to win. I have gone for the man to win. <laughs> On Becky Lynch as well. Why would you think Lynch going to win? Because she's Becky Lynch and she's the man. Um, <clears throat> now, I think it's going to give Becky Lynch a bit of heat beating a Canadian in Canada. And, yeah, you know, I think it's, it's going to be a good match between the two because Natalia is a solid worker. But I think Becky Lynch is going to go on to a bigger and better storyline after this. Well, we'll see what happens here. She's looking to fight, and it's Disarmer versus the Sharpshooter. Now, I'm a huge fan of the Sharpshooter, but what submission do you think is uh, the better one out of the two? I think it's a Disarmer. Because the Sharpshooter, you know, it's been used so much. And the Disarmer, it's, it's new, and my rule, James, is new. It's always better. I know you are. Well, I like the submission. Uh, I, like, I like the Sharpshooter because I think uh, it's a kind of iconic type of submission as we've seen through Bret Hart and everything like that. I think Natalia can use it right here tonight. But keys to victory, if Natalia wants to pull off the upset, Dan, what does she have to do? Um, well, you know, she has to kind of absorb all the Canadians in the crowd and kind of use it to for a Canadian hulk of power, I suppose. You're right, Dan, she's got to have the crowd as the kind of 12th man as it was and kind of really get under Becky Lynch's skin, turn them against them, exactly. And here comes Natalia. And she comes Canadian flag draped over her shoulders. Fucking hell, so there's a lot. Is there Canadian interest apart from the talent tonight, Dan? There is indeed, yes. You've got Kevin Owens, who is uh, an avid Canadian as well. (coughs) fucking... And we talk about a year for Becky Lynch, a year since uh, beating up Charlotte and becoming a man. For Natalia, she's lost her father in the past year. She's actually admitted recently she thought about retiring just because it was getting too much for her. Now she finds herself full of raw women's championship yeah it has been a, a bit of a long struggle for natalia and you've got a feel for her you know uh losing her father and that it, it can't be a good time but um you know the i don't think it helped the fact that the riot squad kind of played that into a storyline either so you know it's it's a hardship that someone's got to overcome and natalia's definitely getting a great reception here in canada so here we go, the gold is on the line, big fight feel, and a really clever way for W. Reed to get them interested. We're having Natalia's interest and Becky Lynch. The bell rings to the mission match, calls the rules for this. 
Submission only. Lots of, it's Disarma versus Sharpshooter. The 30-second SummerSlam is underway. And there we go. Slap around the face by Lynch. Natalia responds. Lynch coming running in now. Backing Natalia up into the corner. And fire a brimstone. It's kicking away in the corner. She's stomping the mud out and walking it dry. There's no doubt Lynch's confidence is sky high at the moment. They're both wearing similar outfits. They should be a tag team. <laughs> Natalia now coming out the corner. Discus clothesline knocking Lynch back. Lynch managing to push her away. Sidestepping Natalia sends her into the corner. Just hits her with a couple of huge uppercuts. What? Now Lynch with a kick and now looking for the exploder. Hits it. Throws Natalia halfway across the ring. And Lynch looking to finish this early. Another suplex and a flight over into the disarmor. But Natalia locking her hands together. Not allowing Lynch to get the full extension. Well, this is the thing with the submission. This is what made it different. The fact is you can't just catch someone out of the submission, you know. Not really. You've got to try to wear him down first. Well, Natalia powering up Becky Lynch, trying to slam her. But Lynch relentless, holding on. So the ropes will not break the hold. That's an interesting rule there's Natalia now. He's using them for leverage. She's powering Lynch up, but Becky turns it round. My head scissors and it looked like a calf crusher. And now just bending her back. So Natalia grabbing a headlock, allowing Lynch to go through. And now disarmor time. No, they both roll to the outside. And now it's Lynch with a guillotine with Natalia. There'll be no disqualifications in. Natalia sends Lynch spine first into the barricade. Oh! Just launches Lynch into a barricade for the second time. Natalia's definitely got the aggression going now. That's a huge knee there, attacking Lynch's leg. And Natalia working on the legs of Becky Lynch is very wise for a submission. Well, I haven't seen Natalia this uh, serious and dominant at this moment in time since teaming up with Beth Phoenix back in the day. On the attack to Lynch. Natalia getting in the face of Lynch, but Lynch trying her best to fight out unsuccessfully. As Natalia suplexes Becky Lynch, so the back of her legs goes over the second rope. And Natalia again getting the adulation from the crowd is going back to the leg. She's working over the left knee of Lynch. Is that the leg that she had previously injured as well? well? Lynch has had suffered so many injuries. I think, yeah, that's the one she kept. Nearly kept her out of WrestleMania. And you know, she wasn't 100% recovered after that. And Natalia will know, been around for so long, the veteran. I thought the sharpshooter focuses more on the back than the legs, personally, but... But maybe Natalia can change it to like a special heel hook with it or something like this as well. Try and work the leg in. Not necessarily just because it's a sharpshooter. Might not mean they win it with that submission. Let's see how well-versed these women are. Well, do you think Ronda Rousey's been coaching her friend to get against Becky Lynch because you know the kind of history that Lynch and Rousey have? Without a doubt, you know, you know Natalia is speaking to Ronda Rousey you know, every day nearly, and you've got to be eating her away with that loss on a resume to Becky Lynch. Well, Lynch looking to kick Natalia. Natalia catches it, drags her through the rope, and again, just hanging the leg up over the second rope and sends her shoulder first into the turnbuckle. As Natalia trying to set up the sharpshooter over the ring ropes. That's very innovative of her. Well, I can't remember the last time I saw this move put in here. And Becky Lynch has no... Well, she can't get to the rope. She's just got to try and escape. Lynch fighting out, but crumbling to the floor in a, well, in a mess. And just clutching at her legs. She managed to get away, but the damage, I think, is already done. And like a shark in the water can smell blood. Well, Lynch turning it around, sending Natalia face first into the announce table. When we talk about Becky Lynch's injuries, there's one thing she can do, and that is wrestle injured 
And that might come in to actually help her. She throws Natalia into the still step, shoulder first. And again, Becky Lynch working over the shoulder, weakening it up for the disarmer. Uh, uh, Becky Lynch throwing Natalia in, going to go up to the top. Natalia cutting her off, though, looking for a superplex from the second. No, top rope. And here comes Natalia. Boom. All the way down. Huge impact. And normally, you know, you go float over for a cover then, but it wouldn't mean toffee. And even a natural instinct is to do that. But both women down. Lynch now fighting away Natalia. Natalia just diving over Lynch. Looking for the basement dropkick, but Lynch catching her legs. She's looking for the sharpshooter. And as everyone knows, it is 20% more effective when applied in Canada. 40% more if it's applied in Canada by a Canadian. Well, Lynch has got it in. And Natalia is in serious trouble but if anybody knows how to get a sharpshooter, it would be Natalia. Figuratively and literally slapping her in the face. The referee call for a bell when she hasn't tapped. I mean, that would be a right screw job. Even though it happened in Montreal, not Toronto, but still. Brilliant by Natalia there. Managing to, to roll through and send Lynch head first into the turnbuckle. Becky Lynch now trying to fight back. For a discus elbow, Lynch moved out of the way. Looking for a step-up kick, but Natalia catches her foot. Oh, and now looks to apply the disarmor onto Becky Lynch. And That's what a bit of revenge for her. Speedy upset. If Natalia beat Lynch for her own move. Lynch in serious trouble. Managing to roll through, though. Trying to alleviate the pressure. But Becky able to escape from it, rolling through. Oh, went for the shot shoot, but Natalia reversed. And she's got it in. And she's squatting deep. She's got it in Canada. It's 40% a more effective. There's a 60% chance she might tap. Pulls a bang into the centre. Are we going to have a new women's champion? Will the man tap? She's trying to do her best to drag herself out the ring. She makes her way through. Natalia relentless holding on. And Becky Lynch is trapped around the ropes. There's no way Lynch can get out as Natalia rolls in the middle. Herself. Natalia with a step through. Lynch with the disarmor. And now Natalia... In her home country, will she tap out? Fight with everything she's got. Lynch wrenching back on the arm of Natalia. We're going to see a tap. Natalia. Oh. And Natty taps out. Oh, Natalia had no choice but to tap. But what a great women's title match. Lynch looked brilliant in that one, and so did Natalia. And uh, I think the action was good, really, really good. And I would say, right now, better than the women's match at TakeOver as well. Dan, what are your thoughts on this one? Absolutely, yeah. I'd say it was definitely better than the uh, Shayna Baszler Mia Year match, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, yeah, you know, it was good back and forth. I, I think Natalia had a, a good fair bit of offence against Becky Lynch. Um yeah, you know, it was a really well-worked, flawless match between the two women. Yeah, they're really well done to start us off here tonight with Lynch and Natalia and the fans charting for Becky Lynch and uh, a great way to actually start the show. Means both get another point and it is for all. Four for four. Perfect score is on here tonight at SummerSlam. So Trish Stratton's interview backstage, Dan. What's she have to say about a big match tonight? Um, well, she's gonna have to pro- She's got gonna go out there to prove to everyone that Charlotte can't walk a mile in her boots. In her what? In her boots. Oh, sorry, I didn't. Did uh-huh. 
No. no, Trish means business here. This weird the last time Trish was in Canada for her last match, but unforgiven against Lee she walks out as women's champion tonight. Can she beat the woman in the women's division? <laughs> and up next, Goldberg will be in action, Dan. This is exciting. What a way to start SummerSlam. We continue with the big matches. so-called legends limping out to the ring happy to be there just put me out of my misery i'm happy you're here sean because i used to idolize you you had a chance to go off into the sunset as the greatest performer of all time and what did you do every single chance you got you shuffled back out here and waved to the crowd it was embarrassing it was as embarrassing as those wannabe legends last night as embarrassing as goldberg in a wrestling ring you were embarrassing what's more embarrassing to me is working your whole career given everything you've got and still being known as a second-rate Shawn Michaels wannabe. with the A-lister. Miz, you want to go one-on-one with me and prove that you're the best? Well, good luck. You know, Dolph, you didn't read the fine print of that contract. The contract that you just signed for SummerSlam isn't me versus you. Well, Dolph, it's not me. happened what have you thought of the build-up to this match <clears throat> well it all came about um at the raw reunion three weeks ago um you know you had legends from all eras going back to the 90s all the way through you know headlined by austin but Dolph Ziggler wasn't happy with that he called them all has-beens and you know he said that was all over the hill but mick kind of stepped up to their kind of defense and it started a, a Dolph Ziggler versus Shawn Michaels kind of a bit of monologue between them two. And I thought it was going to be Ziggler versus Michaels at SummerSlam. But it turned out that The Miz got Ziggler to sign a contract. It wasn't against The Miz or Shawn Michaels. It was against Gold. God, so that's what we're going to see coming up in a matter of moments. And uh, 
Is this something? Uh, well, silly question, but is this something you're looking forward to seeing? Absolutely. You think Goldberg's still affected coming back and squashing these guys like this? Hell yeah. So does Goldberg still excite? You've got a smile on your face as you see it. Who cannot get excited by Bill Goldberg, James? There's an old man coming out here and what's he going to Goldberg all about? Um, he's all about spearing, jackhammering and just kicking ass. Well, the former WCW and Universal champ will have a chance. But can Ziggler shock the world? Prediction-wise in this one, Dan, well, we always go for something a little bit different. And I think tonight is a night for the young guys to start beating the old guys. Oh my kid, I've gone Goldberg in this one. But arguably, this is one of Ziggler's most high-profile matches. And uh, But can he win out of this? I mean, I'm not sure. We've gone Goldberg. Why, what's your reasoning for Goldberg? Uh, well, Goldberg needs a bit of redemption for his uh, shit show against The Undertaker. And we know Goldberg matches rarely go over five minutes. So after a quick one-and-done squash match, just to put Ziggler back in his place, to respect the legend's that paved the way for Ziggler. But if you look at keys to victory, if Ziggler really wants to shock the world tonight, he's going to need to make sure this match is going overtime, that he takes Goldberg out of his comfort zone and makes it long as unco- long as uncomfortable as possible. Just like your sex life, then. <laughs> and Ziggler's got the mic. And Ziggler coming out saying, you're looking at the best damn thing that's ever happened to you. Get the crowd to boo him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He really is a comedian. Well, I like what Ziggler's saying, you know. Legends come, legends go. But Ziggler is going to steal the show. And Goldberg doesn't show up for matches. But here he comes, Dan. I think I know why Goldberg is taking Shawn Michaels' place in this match. Why? Montreal Screwjob. Oh, the yeah. Canadians would never, ever accept. Oh, here we go. Scoot backstage. Ha! <laughs> So Goldberg, does he look in good shape to you? He does, yes. He looks in impeccable shape. James, do you know why there's security guards surrounding Goldberg? Uh, Dan, I don't know why there's security guards surrounding Goldberg. Well, they're not to protect him. Oh. They're to, to protect you. Or just me? Everyone. Oh, everyone. Uh, look at this. The Goldberg flames coming out. And they get a huge pop. <laughs> we haven't seen it for so long. Here comes Goldberg. So do you think Goldberg looks in good shape then? Uh, no. Yeah, it, doesn't he? He doesn't look too bad. He looks a bit flabby, you know? That's intense muscle. Guys. I know he's 53, to be fair. Have you ever seen any other 53-year-olds looking that good shape? No, but Batista's 50. I think he looks in better shape. Batista's all cinema magic. No, I know. I'm just saying when he wrestled... Oh, Ziggler on the outside. And Goldberg, like a lion, out of his... You see the twitching and Goldberg hasn't been at a SummerSlam since, I would say, 2003. But I might be wrong. He was involved. We had, we had the SummerSlam party. Do you remember the SummerSlam party we had in the Chamber? Goldberg lost to Triple H. Will the same happen to him? Yeah, I know. Yeah, bastards. <clears throat> well, the fans shot Goldberg as the bell rings. And Goldberg just soaking it all in. And will Ziggler try and out-wrestle Goldberg? Both men face to face and Ziggler got slap him across the face. Oh! Super kick by Ziggler! No! Goldberg kicks out at one. <laughs> one. And Ziggler again. Two no. super kicks. And again, Goldberg up at one. One. And the power of Latin Ziggler. 
is psyched up for this. Boom! Goldberg spears (laughs) Ziggler out of his boot. Oh my God! And Ziggler, well, he wasn't wearing brown pants to begin with, but now he is. And how that for a chant for Goldberg? And what happens after the spear, Dan? Well, James, he jacks him up and hammers him down. One, two, three. Goldberg wins, Dan. What do you think of that match? This is the Goldberg that we needed to see. This is the Goldberg that gets redemption for all the wrongdoings that happened during his match with Undertaker. But does it? He only hit two moves. I mean, is that enough, really? Goldberg only needs to hit two moves. I mean, he took two super kicks, for God's sake. To be fair, he did take them, but Goldberg's there. When's the next time you expect to see old Bill? If you were, if you were picking a ch- plot for him, where would you want to see him next? Super showdown. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens with Goldberg. Alpha Ziggler, where'd you go from here? I just don't know. Like I said, never be considered a main event talent, but he got a moment being squashed by Goldberg at SummerSlam. It means both get another point. It's five all. After five. Five for five. Ziggler's got the microphone. He's not finished yet. <gasps> I think Ziggler called him a dipshit. Ziggler's saying you hit like a baby. You haven't got the guts to come down here. <clears throat> I love that. McIntyre lays Goldberg out. I'll suck your cock. And now Goldberg's coming down to get Ziggler. Fuck him up, McIntyre. Oh, poor Ziggler's put back in a firing line. <sighs> I said was a spear and a jackhammer enough. Oh, my well, God. Well, another spear. Should pin his place and shut him up. And Ziggler, it's almost like he wanted to be torn apart. Ziggler, just stay down, mate. Stay down. Well, it's not worth it. Don't get me wrong, you know, showed a bit of toughness there, but a second spear. Do you know what I would have done? Ziggler should have been wearing a shirt with a metal plate underneath no. it. No. That is a great idea, actually. Mike dropped. I think they'll never do it. Ziggler would have got a... Ziggler still wants the microphone. <laughs> so why does Ziggler still want the mic? <laughs> and Ziggler... <laughs> thinks he's got more guts than brains. He's saying, Goldberg, anybody can get lucky twice. Goldberg... He can't even stand up. Goldberg hasn't got the balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, Goldberg's music hits again. And Ziggler just hasn't had enough. Well, Ziggler just hasn't learned his lesson. Is that McIntyre there with a Claymore? <gasps> just won't shut up. And Goldberg is going to run through Ziggler. (laughs) And Ziggler being helped to his feet by Goldberg. That's nice to see. Oh, Goldberg's going to leave it. Oh, no, wait a minute. No, he's not getting some momentum. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) Well, we thought we'd see a nice Goldberg, but no. He was just helping Ziggler to his feet so he could spear him (laughs) yet again. Well, I don't think Ziggler will be able to talk. Let alone grab a microphone. Fair play to Goldberg. McIntyre, Claymore kick! No. Just back Goldberg, they've been dominant. I bet you're happy about that, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) As we see a replay for the last spear. And I think I actually saw Ziggler's soul leaving his body. Well, his spleen hit Rowell, so I suppose if anything else will. Goldberg, no more for Ziggler. Give me a mic again. (laughs) No, and that is it. I don't think Ziggler's going to open his mouth. Anymore. A clash. 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 And we see Kofi Kings get ready backstage in New Day rolling up. Xavier Woods has got himself a nice new hairdo. It looks like Stevie Wonder. 
And they've got a gift for Kofi. <laughs> they brought Drake here. But it's not the singer Drake. It is the Maverick Drake. Well, we know Drake's not that lucky with sports teams, but this Drake seems lucky. Are you sure this is not Drake? Well, Drake Maverick left, decided it wasn't for him. Kofi said he's been waiting for this match for a decade, and he's ready tonight. As him and a new day getting pumped. But is he ready, James, for the three most devastating letters in the WWE? R. K. O. So to build up to this, well, let's not forget two months ago, AJ Styles made a jump to Monday Night Raw and he faced Ricochet for uh, just, you know, two guys going at it with the club at ringside watching on. AJ didn't want to be a part of that, but we saw Hill tendencies as Ricochet's US champ, and AJ came up short, but he didn't come up short at the pay-per-view, where thanks to the club, he walked away United States champion. I wasn't happy with that. Do you think it was right for that to happen at the time now? For the storyline progression between these two. And then we see afterwards as well, Ricochet winning a gauntlet match to get a chance to face AJ Styles at the pay-per-view. Makes me want So that is a build-up, and we've just seen Ricochet's entrance. And Dan, is it great to see Ricochet at SummerSlam? Is this the level he should be at? Absolutely awesome, yeah. If if anyone deserves it, it is definitely this man. And this is how you bring someone up from NXT and treat them how they should be treated. But the question is, who we're expecting to win in this one? Uh, what match are we on? Six. Dan, who have you gone for in this match? I have gone for AJ Styles. And I too have gone AJ Styles in this match. What was your reason behind it? What the f... That's our truth! And Carmella on commentary. They are here tonight. <laughs> and then we get the Japanese announced team as well. Look, that's just mental. That was lush. What have you got AJ Styles for? Um... I think, you know, AJ Styles is going to win by shady circumstances and Ricochet is going to get another shot and hopefully it'll be inside like Hell in a Cell or in a cage match. So the uh, the club can't get involved. I completely agree with you. Know? I think the one and only the phenomenal one should go one-on-one with no interference to just see who is the very best. Ming ow. Shandang. And Drake Maverick's out with the... He's looking for our truth and Carmella. Who have left the uh, the announce booth now. And Ricochet's smirking. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob, he's just got a finger up his bum. Uh, he's got a smile on his face. Yep, yep. Do you reckon that's a shout out on the side, the only club that matters? Of course it is, a little dig. At the former Bullet Club. And AJ Styles coming out with Gallows and Anderson, the tag champions. And every match tonight has been a single, which is really, well, apart from the kickoff, obviously, which is really interesting to think the tag team titles haven't been on the line. Does that take away from it, or is it good that they're in the corner of AJ Styles? Uh, I think it's good that they're in the corner and they get some involvement. The only club that matters, the OC. What about Ricochet's outfit? I mean, he's gone for a full body stocking there. So the bell rings and Ricochet and AJ Styles are going to go at it straight away. Ricochet going in an attack of AJ Styles. Send him into the corner. And I think he realises he's got to kind of put AJ away as soon as possible before the OC can really get involved in this match, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Ricochet needs to take it to AJ Styles. Um, yeah, you know, I think he needs to take out the OC as well as he flips over the rope, lands on the edge of the ring apron, steps over Anderson and Gallo's shoulders to... Hurricane Rana 
AJ Styles. That is very innovative there from Ricochet. Well, Ricochet means business. He's got AJ Styles. And he throws him back in. Ricochet looks extra confident tonight. As he goes to attack AJ Styles, but gets trapped in the corner. Now he's hung upside down in the tree of woe. And now AJ Styles right on the attack of that leg. Working over the legs of Ricochet. If uh, Ricochet's got no legs, he can't uh, use 90% of his offense, unfortunately. And I think this is the difference. I mean, AJ Styles probably sees himself a little bit in Ricochet. He's got more experience now. All it took is that one mistake. And AJ Styles back in the match. Well, Ricochet looking to get ahead of steam and run towards the ropes. But Styles just quickly as you can, kicking away at the knee of Ricochet. There's no doubt Ricochet's got a huge target on his back. On his leg even now. And AJ Styles smirking. No, James hasn't got a cigarette on his gob. He's got a smile on his face because he knows Ricochet's weakness. And with the calf crusher as well, the one and only could be in serious trouble. Well, I think the difference with um, AJ Styles having his cronies at ringside is that AJ Styles has actually proved himself that he can win matches one-on-one. It's just like the hill tendencies of him. But with, like, you know, Shayna Bazza, we've been making a point of how bad she is having... uh, Duke and Shafir by her side is that she hasn't proven herself yet to be able to do things without them. Yeah, it would be interesting to see AJ Styles actually calling them in if he is in a bit of trouble. Ricochet, I think with AJ's cockiness, he thinks that he is better than Ricochet one-on-one anyway. And like I said, his mates are just watching on to have a good laugh. And it's an intimidation factor as well because Ricochet's always going to be looking behind his head, so it's kind of a distraction tactic. As Ricochet's leg now just getting twisted around that second rope. Oh. Styles grabbing the leg, Ricochet trying his best to fight out, looking for the insecure. Styles ducks it, but Ricochet catches him on the way back round with a heel. You see Gallows and Anderson cheering on AJ Styles to get up. Ricochet struggling to his feet, catches his right arm, and now go for a couple of forearms. Seems to get the better of AJ Styles at the moment. Ricochet with the Irish rip attempt, but Styles turns his arm round. They catch him with a head scissors takedown. And Ricochet's definitely got to fight through this pain. Styles takes him over the top right. Ricochet lands on the apron, bounces Styles' head off the turnbuckle and then plays it on top and kicks the underside of it. Looking out for the members of the OC as Ricochet springs in on one leg with a huge elbow to the cover, but Styles managing to kick out. Uh, maybe the clothesline didn't have that much impact on because he couldn't springboard in properly, but it's a strategy deployed. Ricochet won't give up his eye offence, even with injuries. We've seen that before with him. Trying to lift Styles up onto his shoulders, but I think the leg just gave way. He catch him with a lovely neck breaker. Ricochet back to his feet, running shooting star press. No, just a two count. Two. And now Ricochet get a little bit frustrated and part can't put AJ Styles down, but he knows the leg is going to get worse during the match. Ricochet trying to get Styles up with just a knee to the jaw. AJ Styles had enough time to recover as Ricochet struggling to get up to the top rope, but Ricochet catches him in a sunset flip and rolls him up. Styles quickly kicking out, oh. but going back to work on that knee of Ricochet. Ricochet's leg is in all sorts of trouble at the moment. You can see him screaming in agony as he hasn't used the ropes to get up. And AJ would have noticed that, and even if he hasn't, he's got Gallows and Anderson to tell him that at ringside. And Ricochet shoved to the outside. Gallows and Anderson looming on him. The Styles come running, comes running towards him. A huge drop kick through the ring ropes. And I don't think AJ Styles needs to risk this at the moment. In time. You know, even the kind of high risk that AJ Styles does. There's no need to try and injure himself when Ricochet's in serious trouble. Give him away back in this match when he finds himself in complete control. 
But I think he knows he knows he needs to go that extra step because Ricochet is you know so full of heart and determination. Without a doubt, now he's going to try and put away with a Styles clash. Uh, Ricochet fighting out with an elbow. The Styles turns it around to the uh, Farmer's Carry neckbreaker into the cover, but a kick out for Ricochet. Ah, you can see the gears in AJ Styles wearing as well. Now AJ again going to go, but Ricochet blocking him. Ran him into the corner. He's in a lot of velocity. Styles charging towards Ricochet, but it's now Ricochet's turn to place him on the outside. As AJ Styles springs back in, but straight into the arms of Ricochet. He backs him up to the corner with a few hard shots. Again, charging towards Styles, he, who gets his feet up and slows the one and only's momentum. Ricochet pushing AJ Styles away, trying to roll through. The knee didn't hold up, but he still managed to respond in a different way with a kick to the face. Can he put AJ down? No. Shoulder up at two. Two. I don't know if it's me, though, but I think the Styles aren't really meshing that well. I don't know if it's going to try to work a WWE Styles opposed to their own Styles against each other. You know, you can kind of see it working. Ricochet trying to do everything he can. You can see his heart and determination trying to come through here. He's got an injured leg, and AJ Styles is kind of like, you know, giving Ricochet a bit more of offence. You know, if Ricochet can go toe-to-toe with a former WWE champion and a legend like AJ Styles, then, you know, it makes him more viable to become a WWE champion in the future. Well, Ricochet trying to suplex, can't get him up, and AJ now rolls through, and he's got the calf crusher locked in. Ricochet, middle of the ring. The former US champ's got nowhere to go, and that leg's bent all the way back. Ricochet just to survive, bouncing Styles' head off the mat, locks in a submission of his own. And now he's got the Anaconda Vice in, and that used to be made by CM Punk. Did that in a while. AJ now with the right hands. Any means possible for Ricochet, but Styles again managing to escape. I think Ricochet was biting the fingers there. AJ hooked the mouth. Now Ricochet dodging AJ Styles. Lovely Northern Light suplex. Ricochet trying to roll through, but I don't know if he's got the strength in his leg. Oh, he has. Lovely suplex to Styles into the cover. Two. No. Just a two count. Two. And Ricochet banging the mat in frustration. I don't know. I do really like Ricochet's outfit, though. I think <laughs> it looks lush. A flight come on. Now Ricochet rolling position. Ricochet doing his best to shake, shake some life into his knee. Kicks the incoming Anderson. A lovely moonsault to Gallows. But again, taking his eye off the ball. Attacking a OC rather than trying to go for AJ Styles. Referee not doing a lot to help here. Maybe Ricochet needs to employ some help of his own. Oh, Styles. He might need help down below as well because Styles just rearranged that. We're crotching him on that top rope. Ricochet doing his best to fight Styles off. Manages to successfully. But Anderson's coming in on the charge again. Ricochet going up. Maybe looking for the moonsault. Oh my God, corkscrew low call into the Styles clash. Two, three. Ricochet, because when he went all the way down, I thought he banged his head. He got caught. Did he get too beaten too easy there, Dan? What are your thoughts on that match? I, I don't know. I think um, the distractions definitely proved fru- fruitful. It took Ricochet's eyes off the game. You know, he had to constantly deal with Anderson and Gallows coming in. So I think that's going to play a big factor into this storyline. Well, it's interesting. I mean, the OC, them interfering, didn't take away from much thinking a little bit, especially when a referee is going to do kind of nothing about it as well. It's kind of a little bit disappointing. But to be fair, 
the nice reverse. I mean, that was something beautiful with AJ Styles versus Ricochet. Even though Ricochet did hit the mat, but the Styles class was all she wrote. Another point for both of us. Uh, I mean, I know you upset Ricochet lost, but you must be happy that we are six all, six out of six as we continue SummerSlam. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know the score score line. It's going well, but Ricochet again. You know, proving that he has got heart and determination. Refusing to stay down even though he got beaten. Oh, is someone backstage going to come try and help? Oh, wait a minute. And the magic killer to Ricochet. Is that going to keep the high flyer down? Well, statement sent by OC. The only club that matters and they're going forward with that at the moment. Impressive stuff by AJ Styles. Are you happy about this? Um, I, I am, yeah. You know, I think the way this storytelling is going, it is going to be uh, a six-man tag winner-take-all. Well, we'll see what happens that. I just hope they don't move on after Ricochet and leave him behind. But they might not be finished. No, I think they are. It's a bit short as well, the match. I think it could have had an extra five minutes. Without a doubt. I think that's a little problem with that. And we see the Street Profits backstage. The NXT Tag Team Champions. They was like a party. And now Dorkers and Ford just running through the card. King Tez, James. Nikki Cross is married. Yeah, unfortunately to Kenny and Dane. You know what? He doesn't take over. Oh my god, Flair out the grave. Unfortunately, Rick Flair's not medically cleared to Flair bump anymore. <laughs> god, he looks old. He has looked old ever since I first saw Rick Flair. Bullshit. Well, up next, it's going to be the SmackDown Women's Championship. It's going to be Ember Moon looking for gold on the main roster for the first time against Bailey. Dan, what have you thought of the build up to this match? Well, I think, you know, the kind of only build up we've seen is that um, Bailey teamed up. With Ember Moon. I mean, what have you thought? Is this a good match to have then? Or is there any point to this? Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's too much point to this. I mean, um, you know, Bailey did save Ember Moon from uh, a sharpshooter from Natalia. So she's got a match. Yeah, and Ember Moon was made the number one contender as well. So she's looking for a big moment here. But it sounds like you don't rate her chances that much here against Bailey. Uh, but prediction-wise, we get on to it. I have gone for, in this match, Bailey. I, too, have gone for Bailey. And what your reason is behind it? Elaborate. Um, uh, again, you know, I think Bailey needs a few legitimate good matches, um, you know, under her belt as part of her reign. I think, you know, she, she's just cementing her way through this and until Sasha Banks is kind of imminent return and hopefully, you know, She'll step up and challenge Bailey for the titles, and I think them two women can have a great few matches. Do you think Bailey's the weakest of the four horsewomen? Yes, but she's not my worst. But that, does that take away from the fact that because you, you mentioned like with Sasha Banks, is she Bailey in her shadow, waiting for that to happen? Can Bailey actually break out on her own? Is this maybe her opportunity now to show, or is she always going to be attached to Sasha Banks and the four horsewomen? Um, I think Bailey's kind of done enough to break out and show that she is a valid character that can go it alone. But I think, you know, Bailey works better with a friend. But is that a disadvantage to her or is that as a positive? Because, you know, we think about Charlotte, but Charlotte and Becky Lynch are kind of their own characters. And with Bailey, is that the thing with Sasha Banks? Is she's thinking that maybe she's too connected and wants something a little bit different? With Ember Moon, that is something completely different to mostly anything on the roster right now. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, Bailey, she's proved that she could do things on her own. Ember Moon, again, you know, I've said it a few times. 
the NXT Ember Moon would kick pretty much anyone on the main roster's ass. But it's her chance to prove now and show people that she deserves an opportunity, you know, win or lose in this match. Now Bailey starts this off with side headlock taking Moon down. And with the keys to victory here, Moon, we know what like to talk about the moves that she uses high impact. And I think Bailey's got to avoid the eclipse and completely stay at harm's way there. But if it's going to be a straight up wrestling match, you might have to favour Bailey on technical wise. Yeah, I think Bailey definitely has a technical ability. But as far as striking goes, Ember Moon is a hard hitter. I mean, might we even have a little bit of a speed advantage? But Bailey has got the experience. And the ring intelligence as well. And she goes ahead and just trying to stop Moon's momentum in the early going. Moon now back from Bailey. High impact, hip attack in a corner. Oh, but Bailey follows it up with a hip attack of her own. Ember Moon running to the corner, handspring forearm. And our second rope into the cross body, but only gets a two. Two. And Moon with a high impact offense in the early going's got Bailey backing off. So where does uh, Bailey rate in your uh, four women, four horsewomen then rankings? Uh, I think she's second. Second? Yeah. To Banks. To Banks, yeah. yeah. And then Lynch, Flair. Well, maybe Flair Lynch at the moment. Yeah, she's a worse worker, yeah. But, I mean, Bailey's a great worker. I mean, she doesn't... Like I said, it'd be nice to see her really delivering. It's just kind of pure emotion of her, uh, as we saw in NXT. You know, even, Sasha Banks, you know, credit to her and everything like this. But Bailey, kind of brought it through. There's not been, like, a pure baby face. Like, uh, and we use right, Bailey's a very strong character. But we've seen with Emma Moon now, just trying to wear out Bailey with submission. Emma Moon won't be nervous coming into this opportunity. Like, so she went to try and beat Oscar. So she's not going to be worried about what the champion she's facing. Absolutely. She took pretty much all of what Oscar had to offer. And we've actually seen her go for the title as well. We saw Ember Moon being unsuccessful against Oscar. An hellacious effort. As now Ember Moon trying to speed things up. Second rope against Springboard. Bailey dodging it. Delivering a huge knee to the jaw. Following up with a clothesline takedown. Folding Moon up into the cover. But only a two count. Two. And now, the, fluidity. and now the fans get behind Bailey in this one. They're trying to suplex Ember Moon now. She drapes over the top rope. Clubbing blows to the back. Do we need to see a really aggressive Bailey? Well, I think that would be nice to see. But I think Bailey like, can get the job done just where she is. You just need to see it more. You know, like the kind of the heart and determination. That's great. But it's always good to see another side here. Like with Ember Moon, the, the the question I think for her is that she can she get the job done? Because even when she did eventually win the NXT Women's Title, she didn't hold on for it that long. So the the question is, in a big match situation, can Moon hold on? And does Bailey need to take it to the next level at the moment? She seems fairly confident. Super kick from Ember Moon, knocking Bailey off the edge of the ring apron. And then came diving in, but Bailey caught her, and now looking to maybe DDT her on the outside. Both women teetering on the apron right now. Ember Moon holding on and fighting off as much as she can. Bailey just bouncing Ember head first off the top rope, draping her over the second turnbuckle. And Bailey does have a bit of spite to her. You know, we see her bouncing Moon's head off the top rope, draping over the second turnbuckle. Now she's hanging her up in a tree of woe. I think that's one thing we've noticed for Bailey, maybe, since coming to the main roster, she's realised there's stuff that she might have to do. And she's not happy about to get the job done. And that was beautiful then with the elbow off the bottom rope. But Into the cover, but a kick out for Moon. Uh, you got to wonder when Bailey's going to start getting frustrated with Moon still being in this one. Inverted Boston. 
And now he's got the legs are just stretching. And Moon is in all sorts of trouble. Whatever, Moon going for the shin and kind of getting Bailey to break the hold. And Moon flicking her up to a head scissors takedown. Very innovative there from her. And Bailey's caught a little bit off guard but responds with an elbow. Looks to drop the one but Moon moving out of the way, nipping up to her feet. And again, both women spent on the mat. And then Moon agonising, trying to go over and get on Bailey, but Bailey just rolls out the ring. And now Ember Moon in the inside, going to come suicide dive, maybe. No, Bailey catches her, knocks her back into the ring. And now Bailey looking to go all the way up. Moon recovering first, so knocks Bailey's foot off the ropes, stops her in her momentum. Now going up, what's she going to try? Hurricane Rana to Bailey from the second rope. She's not finished there, though. Oh, my God. Turns around, knee first. Knee to the face, into the cover, but only a two count. Two. I think we might be one eclipse away from a new champion. Whenever Moon can't believe it got didn't get the job done. And Bailey showing the heart of a true champ. It was like a detonation kick. Now Moon grabbing hold of Bailey. Bailey doing her best to fight out. Elbow to the side of the head. Looking for the Bailey to Bailey, but Moon had it well scouted and just clubbing blows to the back fights out. That's definitely one way to get out of it, but Bailey with the boot up. Going up to the second rope, but Moon catches her. Oh, my God. I think Bailey was looking for a hurricane run, but Moon into a powerbomb, into the cover, but Bailey managing to kick out. Oh. Now Moon trying to move, but Bailey keeps hold of her. Oh, my God. And a boot right to the face might have broke the nose of Bailey. And now Ember Moon's going up top. <clears throat> but Bailey recovers quickly enough to cut her off. Oh, and a Bailey to Bailey off the top. One, two... Free. Oh, Bailey wins there. And, well, I say Bailey escaped. Moon fooled it all in that match. But Bailey gets the victory she needed. Dan, what are your thoughts? Um, I don't know. Again, it seems like Ember Moon went down too quickly. But she did take Bailey's finisher off the second rope. So, you know, you kind of can't blame her for not being able to get the shoulder up. So, yeah, you know, I can't complain with that. It was a successful title defence for Bailey. And not a bad match either. Like I said, it may be a little bit more time. But both women showing exactly what they can do and protecting protecting the Eclipse as well. Bailey knowing that if Ember Moon was to hit that, then that would be all said and done. She must have been at least 50 foot in the air there. At least 17 and a half foot in the air. Uh, Bailey is still champ. You, you might see a sign of respect, maybe, I think, just to look. Proves Bailey's been in a fight here tonight. So up next, it's Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. And if Kevin Owens loses... He is fired from the WWE. The best in the world. I'm not the best in the world because I won a trophy. I'm the best in the world because I was born that way. This is not your ring. This is not your show. A while ago, I watched the entire McMahon family come out in this ring and say, hey, from now on, we're going to listen to the fans and give the audience what they want. But the only thing that's happened since then is Shane McMahon has gotten more power, more authority, and more TV time than anyone. And trust me when I say that nobody watching ever wanted that. Hey, 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 I'm not mad at you. Hey, I'm not. You need to hear this. Cut his mic off. You know what? Security! Get him out of here! The one thing I'm not going to tolerate is insubordination. Like it or not, Kevin, I'm your boss. Okay? I'm your boss. 
So tonight, you have the night off. I hope this demonstrates a couple things. I do not have to rule with an iron fist. Uh-oh! Kevin Owens! Stutter! SmackDown Live has been a one-man show for far too long now. Why don't you put yourself in a match at SummerSlam against me? And if you beat me, I'll quit. Kevin Owens, as it pertains to your challenge, I accept. Since the McMahon family is always talking about how they do what's best for business, I am asking you, at SummerSlam, you put your career on the line too. That would be an emphatic no. Hey, wait a minute, oh, it's Shane McMahon's buddy Elias, and it's turning into a two-on-one situation, but Kevin Owens fighting back. And Kevin Owens is teeing off of the club best in the world. Such a lethal striker as Owens is finding out firsthand. This could very well happen Sunday at SummerSlam, and we'll never see Kevin in WWE again. Kevin Owens has had kind of another resurgence for his character. He's kind of been coming out, dropping truth bombs on what he exactly what he thinks of Shane McMahon and uh, getting his microphone cut off. But Kevin Owens don't care about that. He's using a stunner as a finisher now. Yeah, without a doubt. And he's got his Shane McMahon's face and saying there's nothing that you can do. Quick score update, 7-all as we head into our... Next match, shall we say, with predictions. This is the eighth match overall. And Owens and Shane have got a little bit personal. Shane finally got the upper hand on Kevin Owens recently on SmackDown. With the help of Elias, let's not forget. So it'll be interesting to see some of that happening here. Here we go. So, Dan, who have you gone for in this match? I have gone for Kevin Owens. But I have gone for... The best in the world, Kevin Owens. Shane asking the announcer if he's ready. Cut his music. Let's get the proper ring announcers out of the way. So what are your reasons for going Kevin Owens in this one? Well, what would be the point in turning him into the anti-establishment kind of guy uh, and going against Shane the Money McMahon and then having him lose? It would be a complete pointless resurgence of his character. I'm thinking logical in this one. And of course, Kevin Owens is Canadian as well. So that does help him get a huge reaction here. And Kevin Owens will be ready to fight here tonight. And Kevin Owens walking with a purpose. And he will look to put show at man out. But here comes Drew McIntyre. Claymore kick. No, no one there just yet. The last for guitar right now. No. Hornswoggle underneath the ring. Fight Toronto Owens sucking up to the hometown crowd. He is Canadian, eh? And Shane takes the outside. 
We'll change the best in the world, which includes Canada. Well, it doesn't tonight. Canada versus the world. But Shane looks confident. Well, there might be a few Show Man fans in there, but you can't hear them. Absolutely not, no. Show Man telling the referee, don't ring the bell just yet. No, he wants the Shane microphone. has a few words for this Toronto crowd. No disqualification match. Well, a special guest enforcer is Elias. Well, we see Elias earlier getting speared by Edge. But now he's here to make sure things are impartial. Maybe Elias will finally do the right thing tonight and help Kevin Owen. He's got the numbers on his side. But after Elias just cunted uh, Toronto off mm. via a song on the kickoff show. And Elias getting away of Shane. Boom, stunner. And Owens and he got catted out there. And Shane's looking to play a long game here. Of course this match is going to get 25-30 minutes. At least 35-40 minutes. And Shane now on the run. And Elias tripping up Owens. And now referee up to five. As Owens arguing with Elias again, can't see what's going on. <laughs> And now as Owens was distracted, trying to give Elias a telling off, Shane McMahon comes in from behind. But Arana just beats Shane into the corner. Has to get pulled off by the referee. And Owens now clean break and nearly a clean break to Shane McMahon's jaw. Here comes Owens. Cannonball! Boom! Hits its mark. And Owens now looking to put Shane away. As he eliminates the best in the world from the Royal Rumble, sends him crashing to the outside of his friend. Well, it looks like Owens is going to follow him out of the ring. You'll believe a big man can fly. No. The enforcer gets in the way. And Shane was shot to the gut. Oh, oh and God. just throws Owens off the edge of the ring apron into barricade. And again, Shane O'Mac happy to wait for the referee's count. Well, somehow Owens managing to beat the count, but now Shane Man with a shuck and dive. And now there's corner. And look at Shane McMahon now. Beautiful combinations taking Owens back into the corner. But KO fighting out as best he can. Shane McMahon responding with a few huge knees, though, sending him back into the corner. And Shane just looks so impressive when he gets on the offensive, doesn't he? So natural. Side rushing leg sweep into the cover, but just a one count. One. Shane McMahon, of course, has done MMA training and could compete if he wanted to, but he's against it. But if he did compete in uh, the UFC, he would be the best in the world. I think Shane McMahon is best in the world in all competitive sports, but... Owens now with a right hand. Won't put off Shane. Relies heavily on the jab, of course. Shane O'Mac goes down to the midsection. It's clubbing blows to the back of the head of Owens. A slugfest with a prize fight. It's probably not the best idea, but Shane believes in himself. Owens nearly hitting the pop-up powerbomb, but Shane O'Mac turns it around to the DDT. Into the cocky cover. That isn't going to get the job done. Owens easily up at two. Two. In between one of them with a Brian. And now Shane McMahon's going to try and mock Kevin Owens. With the most Canadian of moves. But Owens doing all he can to fight out. Kicks Shane O'Mac off. Pop-up powerbomb. And Elias up in the apron. Distracting the referee so he can't make a count. Where's Drew McIntyre then? I wonder where McIntyre is tonight. Maybe he's just uh, (coughs) in the back taking it easy. Oh, distraction though. Shane rolling up Owens. Oh, but Owens managing to kick out. Uh-huh. with Shane O'Mac with a clothesline, though. I was putting back in his place. He was furious by that. I was getting angry with the referee, but now still chair. Elias throws it in, which would mean Shane would win by disqualification. Is it worth it, Kevin? Is it worth it? And Shane's saying, right here, go on, bring it on. Oh, my God, Shane, slap across Owens' face. He's got the chair. And Owens now arguing with Shane... 
Oh, with, Eli- uh, with Elias. And Shane inadvertently hitting his man with a huge forearm, knocking him off the edge of the ring apron. Superkick goes up top, sent on bomb across to the opposite corner. He's not finished yet. Bullfrog splash. One, two. Oh, but Elias pulls the referee out. And Owens must be sick to the teeth of Shane McMahon and all the shenanigans. Owens now on the apron. Oh! Takes out Elias, but also takes out the referee too. Well, Cannonball's deadly. The referee's down, the chair's there, and Owens might think about using it. It's all legal. Well, the fans certainly want to see it. Oh, Elias back up low, stopping the attack. Owens fighting him off. The referee can't see Owens hitting Elias. Owens goes down low to the midsection with a chair and a few hard shots across the back. It's not been Elias' night, really, is it, you know? It hasn't, no. Two Canadians have beaten him up tonight. And Elias is down and, well, I was about to say out, but if it owes his finished. As he throws him into the timekeeper's area. And now it's Shane McMahon's turn to feel the pain of Kevin Owens. The referee's getting to his feet, though. And Owens saying he didn't use it. Oh! <laughs> as the referee's back was turned, a low blow to Shane O'Mac. Kick to the gut and a stunner. One. One. Two, three. <laughs> Kevin Owens wins. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? I thought it was absolutely very entertaining. Obviously, we didn't see anything high risk from Shane O'Mac, but it was kind of like Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon. I mean, Shane was his whipping boy. Trying to use every dastardly tactic in the book, you know, underhanded tactics to get the victory. But ultimately coming out the loser yeah and, and what we really liked about it as well Shane man it wasn't the same old tactics of announce table and coast to coast it didn't feature them and it, the match you know it, it still had the same kind of impact because of Elias's involvement and Owens the babyface overcoming all the shenanigans the right thing to do it'd be interesting to see where Kevin Owens goes for here I'm sure the feud is not over and maybe it will happen where the match is reversed and Shane man will be fighting for his uh, future in WWE with Owens. Absolutely. And Owens celebrates here in Canada after a stunning victory. Well, Owens is absorbing everything this Toronto crowd has to offer. Well, it is the KO show. I've got some arranged incidents now, so uh, there might be a chance that we might get an update what happened, of course, on the... Where was it? Smackdown first that happened, wasn't it? The uh, fault truck incident, as it was known. And then last Monday, an incident so bad, even Samoa Joe, the hideous of heels, was like, no, man, no, that ain't right. With the car nearly running over Reigns. So, who do you reckon is trying to kill Roman Reigns, Dan? Rikishi. <laughs> do you know, I think I've seen Rikishi. So, I'm saying, I mean, it wasn't my man, Buddy Murphy, but he said it was Rowan, who saw what happened earlier when you say Rowan's name on kickoff. So, you guess Roman Reigns will be interested and, of course, Daniel Bryan was watching backstage as it was going on as well. Did you know, James, that going back to SummerSlam 2004, there's only two people that was at that match, uh, that was at, at that event, that are at this one. Who are they? Randy Orton. Yeah. And Brock Lesnar. Trish Stratus. Oh. Well, speaking of Trish Stratus, she's in action up next against Charlotte Flair. And, Dan, what have you thought of the build-up to this match? Well, Charlotte Flair believes she is the queen of all eras. 
and uh, challenged the Queen of the Attitude Era to a match tonight. And after the slap to the face with a contract signing, there is uh, bad blood between the two and Charlotte saying that Trish is a relic from the past and it doesn't matter. And Trish in front of the Toronto home crowd want to prove a point against Charlotte. That's it, seven times women's champions Trish against nine times Charlotte. So we go Charlotte versus Trish. And prediction-wise in this one, Dan, who have you gone for in this match as Trish makes her way into the ring? It is no surprise, but I have gone for Charlotte. Woo! Flair. Yeah, I've gone Charlotte. You know, when you look at it, when a legend usually comes in, it's going to win. But I think maybe tonight we're going to see Charlotte getting a victory, getting the job done. And Trish, you know, can ride off the sunset. What a great way for her to uh, make an impact in her home country. Oh, so you mean a legend like, uh, let's just say, Goldberg? Yeah, Goldberg, who comes round, destroys younger talent that we've seen. Ziggler's hardly young talent, though. To be fair. Well, well, Charlotte is not a talent that kind of needs to be made nine-time women's champion. But she's definitely got the confidence. She said to Trish that she is the... Well, is, is this the same Charlotte that didn't need to end Oscar's streak? Yes. Yes. Oh, that Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. The one who would be nothing if it wasn't for a name. Yeah, the one who wasn't in... Uh, shouldn't have been in the triple threat match at WrestleMania either alongside uh, Lynch and Rousey. Charlotte's saying she's like the kind of premier athlete. Sorry, Tony Nese. And saying that Trish Stratus is a relic from the past, but shot to the midsection there, Trish. Fez press as well, but Charlotte immediately kicks her off. And then the tilt well, and Trish is going to try something a little bit different. And my God, maybe they're looking for maybe Stratish faction, but turn it into a hurricane runner. I think Miss Stratus is struggling to carry them implants around. Well, Trish there was a little bit trouble with a figure four, managed to turn it. And Trish, well, her, her style might not be as good as kind of a Charlotte or the women nowadays, but, you know, we'll see if she can add any kind of extra moves to it. It has been a long time since Trish has been, you know, competed in WWE, especially when Charlotte's been doing it day after day. I think, you know, um, the reason why they chose Charlotte over Bliss is because I think Charlotte has the better ability to carry a match. Do you think Charlotte's better working than Bliss then? No, I said I think she has the better ability to carry a match. Well, I would assume that Charlotte would be better at handling matches than uh, Alexa Bliss would. No, you're taking everything out of context. All I said was Charlotte has the better ability to carry a match. Uh, but then again, is it. Charlotte had a better match with... Um, Ronda Rousey and Alexa Bliss did as well. So, like I said, we talk about handling people in the match. That's exactly what she did with Rousey and Trish now. Builds some momentum, taking Charlotte to the outside. Comes off the apron, Lufez Prez, and then the unresponsive right hand. Grabbing Charlotte by the head, pulling him up the ring stairs. Oh, but Charlotte just takes a leg of Trish, bounces her head first off the steel steps. And now Charlotte managing to taunt her opponent and the crowd. She knows she's hated, but she's been using that. There's no doubt Charlotte has been on a roll this year. <clears throat> it was Survivor Series with Charlotte's big change. And as I say, last year getting beaten up by Becky Lynch didn't help things. Absolutely not, no. Um, but, you know, you can tell with these two women, they've. I think their training was both in different eras. You know, because where Charlotte's a bit more new school, Trish Stratus is kind of the old school style training. You know, it's um, women's wrestling has certainly improved in quality i think that's true to say 
And I think, especially with more exposure, but even Trish was breaking, breaking barriers back in the day. The first woman to main event and Monday Night Raw, Trish Stratus was involved in that. So, you know, you've got to think, you talk about kind of trailblazers. There's no doubt that Trish might not be as talented as a woman today, but if it wasn't for her, you know, and I think this is her point to Charlotte, and Charlotte just cannot see it at this moment in time. I know, she... I'm, I'm not trying to put that down. You know, I'm, I, I'm not saying that Trish Stratus didn't make strides in her era, but it's you can see the difference in training where women nowadays slightly more like men, whereas back then it was more like women. Yeah, without a doubt, I completely agree with you. And what, I, what I'm saying, what I like from it as well, is the storyline's perspective or where Charlotte's coming from. I'm having no respect for Trish, who was a trailblazer back in the day, and thinking women's wrestling really started with her. And in juxtaposition into someone like a Trish Stratus or a legend, who can say, well, wait a minute, no, we were doing this long before. And actually, Bill's quite a good story. You know, even though this kind of came out of nowhere, this match. Nothing comes out of nowhere, James. (laughs) There's only one thing that comes out of nowhere, and we'll see that when Randy Orton wins the title later on tonight. You know, I I think, you know, it was definitely seen here, a clash of styles, and that was lovely by Charlotte. And no, James, there's only one clash of styles, and that is the Styles Clash, and we saw that earlier on tonight. An exploded suplex by Charlotte, and a nip-up. She is so confident, and she, you know, the confidence builds with Charlotte through the match. But Trish will know what this is about. You know, going with predictions, if Charlotte was to actually beat Trish Stratus, do you reckon she'd have made a point, or do you reckon there is no point to be made here? I think it there sometimes is a point we're having this match. I think they could have done the build up a little bit more. You know, this is the type of match that maybe you can have like six months build to and try and bring something to it. But happening at the kind of SummerSlam, I think Charlotte. It's another notch. But the thing is with Charlotte, is she turning into the kind of Brock Lesnar? of the division where she's getting all these accomplishments, but it doesn't really matter, you know, because it's like I say, do we really talk about Brock Lesnar being the guy who broke the street? Are we going to talk about Charlotte being the woman who beat Trish Stratus? Are we going to talk about one of her other achievements? You know, nine-time champ already. Does she need a victory? Or would it have helped someone else out to actually beat Trish Stratus in the last match, you know? But are there any other legitimate heels that don't have the surname Flair? Well, they don't, but this is the thing. So someone will be involved in this match who could beat Trish. Then all of a sudden you kind of got rubbed from that as opposed to just using Charlotte. There's no doubt Charlotte is going to be back in the women's title hunt, you know, and maybe champion by the end of the year because that is what WWE do. You know, she wouldn't be putting this match. And like you said earlier, higher above the other two women's matches as well. So that just shows you, even though it is Trish, how important Charlotte is to the brand. And now... Charlotte is in competition. She's choking out the second rope, kicking her now in the corner. But Trish comes flying out the corner with the right hand. Just putting her boots to Charlotte. And she's got her on the... Uh, Trish's perch on the second rope, just wailing away at Charlotte. Who deposits her over the top rope, but Trish lands on the apron. But a boot from Charlotte just sends Trish to the floor. And you can see her hair extensions clipped in. And Trish may be out on the outside. It was a huge kick to the face. And Charlotte now, I think, is just saying, this is my yard, basically. Like, you're a legend. You've come here, and I and I rule the roost. You're not even worthy. And Trish may be thinking to herself, can I actually keep up with the level of Charlotte? Well, you know, you're saying this could have been a, a, a longer program. Do you think, like, Charlotte acting all cocky, she's standing there pandering to the fans, you know, getting cheap heat as she's in Canada. Trish Stratus getting a, a quick roll-up victory. And then, like, you know, Charlotte Flair's like, no, you didn't beat me decisively. I want a, a, another match. 
And then you would have got Trish's kind of huge pop from the fans because, you know, Canadian, Canada, uh, made this a little bit longer, kept Charlotte busy. And then Charlotte, you know, she'd have been brooding over this for a little while until they have their rematch. I think there's definitely a possibility of that happening. But Charlotte's just been so dominant in the early going as well. You think that maybe he's away. Trish has not been in this match at all recently. Charlotte just steps over her. She goes up top looking for that moonsault. Trish rolling out the way. I don't know if she's got enough left in her, though, to be able to recover from that as she springboards in, plants Charlotte face first onto the mat. Oh, Trish is taking punishment, but she's been there and done that before. Like we say, seven-time champion. This might be the last time she ever laced up her boots and she's going to make sure she knows Charlotte's been involved in the match. But it was Charlotte's mistake that let Trish back in. Overconfidence, maybe. And Trish fights back with a slap, but Charlotte with a huge boot to the midsection. And Trish now with a chops to Charlotte. And she put some sass on it. Is she going to teach Charlotte how to chop properly? Woo! That might have gave Charlotte chest in. Trish comes running in. Charlotte up with a boot, though. Sending Trish back. Charlotte's getting up on a second. And here comes Trish. <clears throat> but Charlotte Flair turning it around. Grabbing her in a Boston Crab. But Trish sitting up. And both women perched on the top turnbuckle. Slapping the hell out of each other. And Trish went for the signature move to Slugfest on the top. And Trish might be having the advantage. She's going to go try a hurricane runner. But Charlotte has got hold of Trish. Up for a powerbomb. But Trish turns it around. Hurricane runner into the cover. Oh, oh, only a two count. Two. Oh, brilliant there by Trish Stratus. She's learned a couple of moves in the years past. Charlotte now knows she's in a fight. Trish looking for a kick, but Charlotte ducking it. With a go behind, Trish holds on. Oh, but walks into a big boot from Flair. Into the cover. But Trish managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Well, Charlotte shot by that. She's won titles in the past with that move. They're going to take something more to put Trish away. Now Charlotte's leg. And she's going to go work. And Old Faithful is the best strategy for Charlotte attacking the leg. That's it. Weakening it up for the figure eight. She looks set to apply it. But Trish with the roll up. Two. Oh, unlucky. Two. And now Trish again rolling up. Charlotte turns it round. And Trish wouldn't, surely. Well, don't call me Shirley, but she's got the figure four locked in. It's Trish has got locked in on Charlotte. Charlotte's struggling. And this would be unbelievable if Charlotte was to tap out. Oh, and Trish is breaching out as well. She's got it into the figure eight. Well, I've never seen anybody put the figure eight on Charlotte before. And she's caught right in the middle of the ring. And this could be it. Charlotte could be tapping. Flair managed to escape it and get to the bottom rope. Well, it is a difficult finishing move to keep it. She maybe found it out a little bit there. But the damage could be done. Oh, Trish coming in to try and finish off the job. But Flair went low with a kick. I think Trish's jaw bounced off Charlotte's shoulder as well. And now Charlotte getting to her feet. Oh, looking for the spear. But Trish sidestepped it. Sends Charlotte into the... We're going to get a little bit of satisfaction. Boom. Hits a springboard bulldog. One, two, no. Flair managing to kick out. Oh. Well, Trish gave her best shot, but Charlotte still managed to get the shoulder up. Strash Fraction couldn't get the job done. Now Trish thinking, what's it going to take? And the fans are into this one as well. As Trish wondering, what's it going to take? This is awesome, Charlotte. Both women head to head, face to face. Both women on their knees, chopping away. Each woman refusing to yield. And now Charlotte... And Trish just taking it up, taking it to a different level here. 
Trish getting the better of the exchange. Double leg takedown, rolls up into a cover. Two, no. Flair kicking out. Uh, goes again for the boot, but Trish had it blocked. Chick kick. One, two. Oh, no. Two. Well, Trish is giving everything. There's no denying, but Charlotte will not stay down. So what's left uh, in the arsenal for Trish then? She's hit her with the best. She's going to try maybe another kick. Charlotte having to use ropes to get up. Trish coming in. Oh, oh big boot. And I think that might have knocked out Trish. And now Charlotte. Straight into the figure four. Oh, Trish now in the middle of the ring. In serious trouble. And Charlotte, can she extend it? Now bridging into the figure eight. Oh, my God. Look at the high extension. Trish got no choice. She had to tap. She has to tap. She tapped, submitted in her hometown. Charlotte looks like an absolute killer up there. So two Canadians have been forced to tap out in her hometown. <laughs> yeah, I mean... What did you think of that match, Dan? I thought Trish looked good. You could see Charlotte was carrying like about 80% of that match with Trish. Um, it did make Charlotte look like an absolute beast, especially against uh, a woman of years past, so to speak, you know, kicking out. Uh. of the Stratisfaction and the chick kick as well uh, and refusing to tap to her own finisher. Um, but yeah, you know, the match wasn't terrible. I think it was really good. I think it was really good. And I think Trish uh, gave it as good as she's got as well. And yeah, we talk about Charlotte maybe doing a bit more work. But I think Trish, to, to be able to be led like that, gave a really entertaining thing. And for her to tap out... Uh, and give Charlotte a victory like that, especially in her hometown, is, is is amazing. And that's what legends and people like that should be doing. And Charlotte moves on now to the, the women's title hunt. I mean, that's the only way it's going to go, isn't it, really? Oh, again. Well, it's just what they're going to do, isn't it? Can't they team do. up with someone like R-Truth and have her running around as part of the uh, like 24-7 <laughs> title hunt, just like, you know, Carmella's doing? Well, we'll see what happens with Charlotte. But it means we both get another point, and we are 9 for 9 at this moment in time. The perfect score is well and truly young. We've only, like, three matches left. <clears throat> and Trish Destrault. But the fans chanting, thank you, Trish. And what a moment for Stratus here. And Trish does deserve respect. An absolute legend. A hall- Trish deserves the respect. She's definitely a Hall of Famer. And definitely someone that deserves the respect of everybody in the crowd and everybody watching. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, thank you, Trish, for everything you have done for the business. Do you think this is her swan song? I think without a doubt she's saying goodbye now. But like you said, Dan, thank you from the WNR podcast. Trish Stratus, you had one hell of a career. And it left... You got one hell of a career. And it left us with stratified. And there's booze for Seth Rollins backstage. You can see him getting ready and he's got busted up ribs. And he's not sure. Well, he's definitely not going to be 100% in the Universal title fight against Brock Lesnar. Bret Hart, the man who introduced the All Elite Wrestling title, is on WWE TV again. You fucking Judas! You deserve to get attacked at the Hall of Fame ceremony, you cunt. Well, I think he's doing a backstage segment for us to make sure that he doesn't get attacked by anybody, especially a crazed fan like Dan White. Not, you know, I'm just saying, you would be a guy who... Don't make me get my Rasta hat out. You would be running towards <laughs> Brett. Anyway, Brett saves a segment for Seth Rollins backstage and we move on. And up next, it's a very personal rivalry. Probably the most personal rivalry at SummerSlam this year. And is it time now for Randy Orton to become 14-time champion as he faces the man he's held down for 11 years, Kofi Kingston? 
You come out here and you brag about how hard you worked for the last 11 years. It's only because of me. Randy Orton says that I got here because of him. I got here in spite of him. I'm not gonna be bullied by anybody. That's why I took a stand. Randy Orton brought out a side of Kofi Kingston that we've never seen before. In 2009, I felt like I was breaking through that proverbial glass ceiling. Oh, don't worry, Randy. Things were finally starting to click, you know? People were getting behind me. felt like that was the moment I made it. And unfortunately, that's not really how it worked out. Kofi Kingston is stupid for thinking that he could hang with me. It wasn't enough just to beat me. In his mind, he wanted to humiliate me, too. There were always rumors that it was Randy who had used his influence to hold me back. You know what? I did hold Kofi Kingston down. Because Kofi wasn't on my level. When you pissed me off, you get sent right back to the bottom of the ladder. Regardless of all of that, I just had to stay positive and keep on grinding. A next-level performance. The world is believing in Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston. He had an opportunity because of me. Because I took Ali out. And the rest was history. Unrestrained determination from Kofi Kingston. Are we seeing the best Kofi Kingston of his career? There's no Kofi Mania without me. How long has Kofi been waiting for this opportunity? Can he finally capture the WWE Championship? There's no Kofi WrestleMania moment without me. Kofi did it! Kofi is champion! And I can't even get a thank you. His entire championship reign is based on a fluke. But why don't we put that to the test at SummerSlam? Randy Orton versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. Stupid, stupid, stupid. This little 11 year fairy tale you've been living comes to a screeching halt. You weren't ready back then, Kofi, and you're not ready now. By beating Randy Orton, it's vindication. I really want to inspire people to look at me and see, hey, anything is possible because this guy did it. I'm going to take that title off his waist, and I'm going to do it with the three most destructive letters in sports entertainment. It's a chance for me to prove that I belong. So at SummerSlam, when I beat Randy Orton, and I hold that WWE Championship high for everybody to see, we'll see who the Super One is, right? So, Dan, even though it's uh, my promo, it's your man. So what have you thought of the Randy Orton-Kofi Kingston storyline as we head to SummerSlam?
Well, you know, with this storyline, I've said for a while now, ever since Kofi's won the title, he needs to be a legitimate badass, a legitimate guy that WWE knows and respects. And, you know, and I even used Randy as an example. Um, and, you know, WWE are doing just that. They are giving Kofi a match. Will he win? I don't know. Will he lose? Hopefully. Well, but it's more than that. It's about story. Like, I mean, talk about. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm just back in 2009. Do you know what I mean? And everything that went on there. Yes, this story does go back when Randy Orton was champion. Kofi Kingston thought himself a challenger. Um, you know, we we saw a, a badass side to Kofi back then, but it just wasn't enough to step up to Randy Orton. And you know, maybe this new Kofi could be. We'll see. I mean, the value and back then was very immature and was it was very happy about holding people down. So I mean, there was a couple. You're of moments, immature. Well, no, there's a couple of moments, you know, where he called Kofi stupid. You know, you can actually hear him visibly saying the ring, stupid, 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 with Kofi, and he's brought that back into a promo work leading up to this match as well. You know, Orton's a dick. There's no doubt. But when he... you make mistakes, I call you stupid, 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 and you learn from them because you refuse not to be called stupid anymore. And so you kind of improve yourself. So I'm helping you out in the long run. But like Randy, if you fuck up, James, you're stupid. But like Randy, like, Orton, not like no, you're like, fucking up. You're stupid. Stop it. But you're like, stupid. Like Randy you're Orton, low. You're a dick as well. So this is the kind of thing. But you're a good dick. Like if you weren't a dick, like Randy Orton, I'd be like, oh, there's something wrong. I think Orton's character works towards him being a complete knobhead. And you know what I mean? I, th- I think that works for him kind of holding people down. You want Kofi to kind of overthrow him. I think this is how Randy Orton kind of works as well, in a way. And I think we're going to see, like you said with Kofi, is it an actual change character that he's done, or can he not still get past Randy Orton? Is it still there? Prediction-wise, in this one... So who have you gone for, Dan, in this match? Kofi. Kofi. (laughs) You've gone Kofi. You don't sound that excited about it. I have gone for, in this match, Randy... Orton, yes, I've gone for your man to be champion. So we have gone separate after nine matches, the tenth match. We've gone different. Why have we gone? Kofi. Well, as I said multiple times, I think Kofi needs to beat someone legitimate to establish himself as someone who is worthy of holding the WWE Championship. And you don't get anyone in WWE more legitimate than Randy Orton. Hence why he's needed to help Kofi with this stepping stone. Because, you know, a dick wouldn't put over someone like Kofi, would they? No, they wouldn't. That's why you have gone for him. Well, that doubt, and there's other reasons as well. But it's a new day for you. Yes, it is, as Kofi's coming out here with uh, Big Ian Woods. reason I got for Andy Orton for is I don't think this is the end of the feud. I think anybody can see this is a feud that needs a couple of months to kind of progress and needs to go a little bit further. And I think Randy Orton getting a victory might work out here tonight because it just proves that he's keeping Kofi down. You know, you can have some shenanigans into it, and Kofi finally getting vindication, rematch at the Clash of Champions, and then finally the definitive victory in the cell, and then you can move on from that. I think this is a feud that's going to be on top of SmackDown in the next couple of months. Do you think this is a feud that's going to continue, or maybe be a one-off match? Uh, I, I think, oh, I hope this is a feud that continues, because if anyone deserves to be in a WWE title picture, it's definitely Randy Orton, and not someone, you know, stupid like Drew McIntyre, who's, you know, just not up to the... So, cut. if Randy Orton was to lose clean in this one, you would be happy him having another rematch for no reason? Absolutely. Or, do you want... <laughs> so, yeah, just put people who just look at title matches. I suppose that's what they've done on 205 Live anyway, at the moment, with the Chad Gable and Jack Gallagher 
But we'll see what happens there. I'm quite confident, Randy Orton, because usually when you go against him, he does win. So I am quite happy about that. Orton's got his eyes on Kofi's goal, but Kofi seems a lot more aggressive recently as well. Oh, Randy Orton doesn't. Like, you know, we saw what he done to Jeff Hardy in Hell in a Cell. I mean, he took a fucking screwdriver, jabbed it through his ear and just twisted his fucking earlobe off. Man. Without a doubt. But like you said, Kofi Kingston has shown a different side to him as well. And maybe that aggressive side is a change that's needed to kind of go against someone like Randy Orton. But that aggressive side, you know, I'm going against my predictions here, but that aggressive side that he's shown hasn't quite stepped up to it because, as I said, he needs to be a legitimate WWE Super, no, not superstar. Sorry, that is playing it down. Megastar, Kofi. So K- K- Kofi needs to be a That's megastar. What I mean. Kofi needs to defeat a WWE megastar. Or Orton offering Kofi a pancake. Uh, Kofi doesn't want to fuck around. He's all serious. He wants to show that he's on Orton's level. But or- I'll be happy either way because I'll be happy if Randy Orton wins the title, and I'll be happy if Kofi wins me the point. And possibly the pay-per-view predictions and a perfect score. But the interesting thing as well is all about respect. I think Orton doesn't respect Kofi Kingston. I think Kofi wants to find out in this match, win or lose, he wants to show to Orton that he's not the guy that was there 10 years ago. Orton just throws a pancake at him. Got an elbow tie-up. Orton with a headbutt viciously. And that's what Orton cut as well. Up a what? And there's the thing with Orton, if he gets a victory now... And I can beat Dan with Orton becoming champion. It would just be the icing on the cake of the weekend. <clears throat> Orton with the Irish whip to Kofi, send him across the ring. But Kofi out with a vengeance with a clothesline, taking Orton down. And Kofi's got a different look on his face tonight. He's got a headbutts, backing Orton up into the corner, slap across the chest. And you can see the animosity between these two guys and their long, long rivalry as well. well that was beautiful by Kofi springboarding up and taking Orton down. Orton with a classic thumb to the eye there, just stopping Kofi in his tracks. I don't mind Orton cheating, you know. Like I say, any means necessary. This is what he's going to do, isn't it? We're going to see Orton cheating a little bit, bit of a sleeper hold, you know, having to go at the crowd, getting in their faces. As long as he hits the arcade and gets a victory, I don't care. We can have a boring 20-minute Orton match. I'll be happy. Kofi looks set to springboard his way to the top rope, but Orton had it well scouted and just pushes him off, sends him headfirst into barricade. But Orton knows with wrestling, he doesn't need to take his time. He doesn't need to rush around. He doesn't need to take unnecessary risks, i.e. springboard into the top rope. He could do it easily. He could do it. I've, I've seen Orton do an 870 off the top rope backwards. He doesn't need to do that. He can. He doesn't need to. Well, it's kind of uh, it's no lose situation here. Situation. situation. The, the titles, you know, if he loses here, he might be you get another title shot down the road. That would be fair enough for him. But he's not worried. You know, with Kofi, it's his title on the line. If he loses it, then he might not never get another shot. I think this is the whole point for Kofi. He might not ever get a WWE Championship opportunity again because Orton, as champion, will say he's not worthy. Absolutely, yeah. Well, if you can't beat Orton back then and you can't beat him now, what makes you think he's going to beat him in a couple of doubt. And now Orton with a back suplex to Kofi on the announce table, just taking Kingston out. Orton taking his time. He's You see he's got a few... Game plans work, wearing away in his head. He's absorbing all this confidence that he's got. And, the, you know, the crowd loves him. And you can't deny that he has got crowd lovability. But the thing with Kofi as well, maybe he's fought too much into this match. Maybe, like he's talked about, their dislike for each other. Maybe the aggressive nature of Kofi Kingston, what he thinks of Orton, has taken him out of his game plan. And with Orton, who can have four or five game plans at the same time if things changes, 
Kofi is kind of in the middle at the moment, just trying to fight this aggression, and Orton's coming out on top. <clears throat> There's no doubt Kofi put his heart and soul into everything. But that's the thing, he put his all into everything. Randy Orton, I don't think he always puts his all into everything. He just I don't know about that. goes by <laughs> on his natural raw talent. Yeah, just in, that's what Randy Orton does, you know. But he can deliver performances sometimes. And he's on top of Kofi right now. There's a huge uppercut, sends Kofi to the outside. And Orton just stalking his prey again, like the venomous Viper does. And now he's going to Irish whip him to the stairs. With Kofi jumping over. Using the stairs as a stepping stone to come back at Orton with an elbow. Kofi now, after a few shots, rolls Orton back into the ring, but Orton immediately rolling out the other side. The king. Momentum in this match is on the apron now. Oh, as he tries a flying, uh, diving crossbody again, a high-risk move. Randy Orton has it scouted, ducks underneath him, and Kofi just hits nothing but the wafer-thin mat. And now Orton's got Kofi up again. Backdrop onto the announce table. Didn't even bother moving the monitors. And Kofi's in serious trouble, and Dan, so are you, because your man might win, even though you've not gone for him. I don't care, I'm in a win-win situation. <laughs> situation. Situation. Orton wins the title, I'll be so far in your face, you'll think I'm about to tongue-fuck you. And if he loses, well, I'll say I told you so, and I get the point. Well, Orton throwing Kofi in, goes to the co- Kofi manager to kick out, ah. and Orton's just playing with Kofi at the moment. Well, who's had his backs to the ropes throughout the majority of this match, James? Kofi. Who has been dictating the pace of this match? Orton at the moment. Who has been playing this match exactly how he wants to? See, look, he's got time to take a little break. He doesn't rush into things like Kofi. You've seen what Kofi's done. The two times he's tried to go high risk, Orton's had it scouted. And Orton doesn't take calculated risks. Orton doesn't take any risks whatsoever. But Absolutely. the thing is with Orton, he takes his time. Low he, risk, high reward. He's letting Kofi get him back into this now. He's not. He's calculatingly beating him down. As Kofi's putting a top turnbuckle. And Randy Orton's going to go up with Kofi. I mean, what would Drew be doing in this match? He'd be shouting in his nonsensical weird language that he talks. That, you're such a huge fan, you keep talking about him. And Randy Orton now going to go try and suplex Kofi Kingston. Oh, what, and you haven't spent the last ten minutes talking about Randy Orton? Because we're watching Randy Orton exactly. match. Exactly, we're not watching a Drew McIntyre match. So what, so shut the fuck up about him. Why do you keep going on about Drew like McIntyre? Randy Orton's here. It's Superplex. a WWE title opportunity. Superplex from the top. If Drew McIntyre was in a WWE title match, I wouldn't be talking about Randy Orton, unlike you. So, Superplex unfortunately... Well, Drew McIntyre isn't good <laughs> See, enough again, to make you're talking about him. Match. You're talking about him, and you're taking away from Orton in a title match because you're thinking about Drew McIntyre. But that's your problem, not mine. Kofi's problem is that he's going to be superplexed off the top but he's holding on for dear life now. Orton's struggling to get him up, and Kofi knows this could be the end. Kofi's trying his hardest to fight Randy Orton off. Clubbing blows across the back. Finally gets some separation between the two. Looks to come flying off the top. Tornado DDT. Oh, my God. Full impact there. And now Kofi trying to capitalise on it. Gives him a little bit of a breather. Like I said, Orton's been on top recently. Kofi with a cover, but Orton easily kicking out. Uh that's a lot more fight left around Randy Orton in this match. Well, we are talking about the man who recently put down the game, Triple H. And that's why I think he's favourite. And now Orton and Kofi getting to their feet. Huge chop across the front. And Kofi trying to get back into this match. Again, a double hand slap across the chest. A tight ripped chest of Orton. And Kofi now has got his sights set. And Randy Orton, a beautiful drop kick there right on the button. Springing high for a clothesline takedown. 
Now here comes Kofi. Boom drop time. It's the New Day drop time now. Well, wherever it is, just hit Randy Orton. And Kofi is going to look to shine, maybe finish things here. Can he finally beat Randy Orton? Or will it be trouble in paradise? Oh, Kofi's going for it now. Orton's slow to get to his feet. Turns it round into an RKO. Boom! Here we go, trouble in paradise time. No, Kofi gets caught. Oh, and he just does a neck break over his back as Andy Orton knows how to do so very well. Drags Kofi away from the ropes. One, two... Oh no, Kingston managing to kick out. Orton's busted open wide in his forehead. He's He must have lost at least two pints of blood. At least nothing. I mean, this is great. Come on. Kofi DDT'd him on the mat. I mean, what do you expect to happen? Well, an unprotectable wrestler like Kofi Kingston. I mean, you know, that's why Randy Orton called him stupid. Yep, this ain't ballet as Orton now mocking the New Day. And he's no, smirking. he's not going New Day Rocks. He's going R-K-O. Well, he's smirking whatever he's doing. Yeah, I know, because he's handsome. <laughs> he's not really that handsome, is he? Kofi managed to put Orton out. You fucking what? And Kofi now... Take that back. Trying to build I was momentum. I'm going to spoil the rest of this podcast. I think you have already. Na, 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 na. <laughs> and Kofi... What time is it? Orton is handsome. And Kofi now going to go up. Going to try and attack. Oh! Trustful all the way down to Randy Orton. Orton may be out now. Come on, Kofi. See if you can beat Orton. Kofi rolls him back in. Kicks are looking to go up top. Try and finish the Viper for good. Huge cross body. Into oh. the cover, but only a two count. Two. Well, luckily, me, Orton managed to get the shoulder up. And Kofi's looking frustrated now. And Orton just taking his time. You know, that's all. Absolutely. I've no idea which way this match is going to go. It's Kofi's picking up Orton. Backs him up into the corner, but Kofi trying to turn it around with a kick. Orton catches his foot. Suspension DDT. After the DDT, Orton's got a sneer on his face now. And the gold might be coming home. Fourteen time champ Randy Orton. Exactly. I like the way you refer to it as home. Exactly. Where it belongs. Anybody would know Orton's going to win this match and it's going to come back home. Any Randy Orton fan would know. And he's not going to put Kofi away. Just don't dislocate your shoulder when you do it, Orton. You'll be all right. Got to look for the RKO. And the end of Kofi Kingston's title run is on the end of an RKO from Randy Orton. Oh, Kofi turns it round into a backslide. Two. Oh. No. Orton's managing to kick out. Uh, Duck's trouble in paradise. He's caught with a kick to the face, though. Kofi off top. Oh! RKO! And that is how you do it. Out of nowhere. Absolutely. And Orton knows. He's pissing himself. So am I. Pin him. we got a new champ. Kofi looking for his boom drop. Just gets dropped. Boom. But Kofi, though, I don't know, intentionally or not, is on the apron and all. Rolls to the outside, just out of Orton's grasp. But Randy knows that he has been weakened up enough. And Kofi might be the luckiest man now in the arena. As he rolls out towards his family. Right. And Orton is the <laughs> sick, sadistic type of bastard that would actually RKO put the Kofi kids. out in front <laughs> of his kids. Orton would RKO those children. You know it. I know it. Orton's going to. That was a step too far to Kofi Kingston then. He fights back and the bell's rung. Oh, no. Well, the count out. The fans are booing, but the fight's still on. They continue on the outside. You just say Orton made a mistake then. So Kofi went out first. So Orton won? No? Or was it a double count out? Double, double count out. Unless you want to give it to Randy Orton. It's up to you. <laughs> no. <Nah>. Double <laughs> count out. 
The official ruling is a double count out. Well, we'll have to get confirmation for that, but Kofi Kingston's got confirmation to get a kendo stick to Orton. Oh, no, I've just got a text from Vince McMahon. Double count. And Kofi now with the kendo stick to the back of Orton. He's going to regret that. Well, Randy Orton is regretting it right now, going right in front of Kofi's kids. This is retribution that Kofi wanted. He's snapped. Yeah, we should have a pay-per-view last month. <laughs> I probably would have actually had a stipulation at that pay-per-view. Uh, Orton's on the run, and Kofi, as extreme as ever, hunting down Orton. Oh, and just putting a beating around the Orton is Kofi Kingston, and Kofi's showing a completely different side to him now. Well, you bring a man's kids into it, it's going to snap. Oh my God, so Kofi there sending a message, and I don't think he's finished yet with Orton. Turn it around to an eye. But Randy Orton realises that Kofi's weakness is his family. So I think Randy can utilise that. Because you know this story isn't over between these two. Without a doubt. And there's trouble in paradise by Kofi. And he sends in a message tonight. But like you said, this is far from over. But not a bad match between the two. Bit slow in parts. But what do you expect from an Orton match? Uh, I think the ending was a little bit flat. But I think Kofi walking out as champion and Orton. And Dan, like you said, your text from Vincent Mann confirms it was a double count out. So it means we both get a point. So it's 10 all. I'm going to give ourselves that after this. What are you thinking of the match and your man, Randy Orton and Kofi? Um, I actually thought it was a good match. You know, it was definitely played right into Randy Orton's wheelhouse. You know, he's a good, very good, solid worker. And, you know, he does what he does exceptionally well. And, you know, you can call me biased or whatever, but... It is the way Randy Orton does business in a WWE ring. Um, You know, the way it ended, yeah, it was a bit flat, but it's left it open for another match between these two. Maybe, you know, an Extreme Rules or something slightly different to that. And, yeah, you know, it should be entertaining. Will Orton win the next match? Does Kofi know that he can't beat Randy? These are the questions we look to answer. In the next couple of months, like I said, it adds a little bit of excitement to the WWE title feud. It's a bit of a shame it happened like that, but we will continue. Previously on the Firefly Funhouse. Did you miss me? This is the Firefly Funhouse. This is my special place. Yowie wowie. We're going to have so much fun here. What's up, Ray? This is no time for games. But don't worry, there's still a lot of darkness in this old noggin. Erase your mind. So what do you say? You want to see my secret? persona clearly bray is more twisted and messed up than ever but i've stared fear in the eyes before 
I didn't back down then, and I'm not gonna back down now. Hi, Finn! Mercy, Ramblin' Rabbit and I are such humongous fans of yours. I should warn you, though, while you are an extraordinary man, the Fiend is no man. The Fiend is an abomination. The Fiend is power. The Fiend remembers. The Fiend is coming for him. Let me in. So, Dan, what have you thought of the build-up to The Fiend making his debut versus Finn Balor? Well, I think it's been absolutely entertaining. The uh, the Firefly Funhouse has definitely been one of the... of tuning into WWE Raw. Um, you know, we had the pleasure of kind of seeing a bit of a reveal live as well. They've played it really well. You know, they've, uh, they've had him coming out, uh, Bray Wyatt coming out, putting the mandible claw onto Mick Foley doing the same to Kurt Angle when he was a special guest referee and kind of specifically targeting Finn Balor. Um, you know, maybe it's uh, part of what the Fiend wants to do. He wants to destroy the undefeated on the WWE main roster, Demon. Well, Balor and Bray go back uh, a long, long time, of course, with their rivalries before. Bray's gone and apologised to most of the people he's done wrong. And like I said, this character from The Fiend is something we haven't seen before. But I feel Balor is a sacrificial lamb when it comes to this match right here. Balor has put the place. We might see him come back, you know, in a couple of months' time if he wants to take some time off as well. But Balor's a guy who, you know, really needs to kind of assess his situation right now. Because if you think about Finn Balor, you know, the Universal title is facing Seth Rollins for that opportunity just a, f- a few short years ago. And now Seth Rollins in the main event with Lesnar and Balor's having to face the Fiend. So Balor's got to think where does he want to be and what level. But now it's time to see the debut of Bray Wyatt's new character. And prediction-wise, I've gone Bray Wyatt as well for this one. Uh, I too have gone Bray Wyatt. They wouldn't go through all this effort of bringing in a new character just to have him lose. But I do think Finn is going to put up a fight. He's not going to go down easy. We've seen that with Balor. In the past, let him play. Let him in. Well, it's a similar kind of vengeance that we get for the demon. Very white with a leap. So he's got a kind of Finn Balor demon style entrance with Alistair Black's music? Well, <laughs> well no, it's an updated version of the uh, his old theme tune. And he's coming out with a... <coughs> he's come up with the, with the light, but the light is now inside a face of Bray Wyatt as to say, this is my past. And with the light show, The Fiend is coming out here. And this is something that I've not seen in a long time. Well, it certainly is mesmerising. It's definitely an entrance well, to the, be behold. The fireflies are here. <laughs> that is, is that torch is, is something else. And The Fiend is ready for action. And the old Bray White is dead. And The Fiend is here. I wonder what must be going through, Bray, uh, through Balor's head. At the moment. I mean, what would you do if you had to face this monster, Dan? I mean, seriously, what what is there to do if you're Balor? You do your best to survive, I suppose. And the Fiend looks absolutely terrifying as he makes his SummerSlam debut. <laughs> Even Balor's look is like, oh shit. And a holy shit chant for an entrance. You don't get that often. Absolutely not. And the Fiend means business and he's looking at Bray. Uh, he's looking at Balor. I mean, I, I, I don't even know what is going through 
Fallow's mind at the moment. I mean, it takes a lot to say to you know to be creepy, especially in wrestling. But this, this is cre- this isn't. I don't feel entirely comfortable watching the fiend right now. Absolutely, and I think Balor chose the wrong time to wear white trunks. <laughs> as good as he does look in them. And the well, don't get me wrong. And the fiend taking his jacket off, throws Balor into the ropes. Just headbutts him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, the fiend. I don't know what to say at the moment. I'm in shock as he's attacking Balor. So is the Fiend the side of Bray Wyatt, or is it just the Fiend now? I thought it would be nice to see the Firefly Funhouse with Bray still talking in it, but I think for in-ring, it is just this man, or this monster. Oh, and he's just turned Balor's world upside down as he catches him. Just choking him out, but Balor's doing his best to fight out. A clubbing blow to the back of the head, though, drops Balor to the mat. And the Fiend has got loads of problems, and he seems not to be right in the head, and he's got all of Balor's head now. Oh, my God, he's just snapped Balor's neck. Fucking hell. Oh, the Fiend is definitely sending a message. A huge Irinagi. And the Fiend seems to like this. I think he could pin Balor by now, but he's enjoying it. And there's kind of hushed silence. Everybody's watching this. Well, the hell? Oh, sorry, the hill or the hurt? What's break? What's the fiend gonna pick? I think the voice is in his head. There's something seriously wrong with the fiend. This might be the end now. As he gives him the long kiss good night, but Balor escapes it. Swing blade. It's gonna be Balor's big comeback as he drop kicks Bray into the corner. And now Balor's fighting for his life. The fiend trying to fight back a double foot stomp. And Balor's just trying to get out of it now. The Fiend's up to his feet, though. And another huge drop kick sends Bray into the corner. Is he looking for the coup de grace to try and get this one over? Oh, but the Fiend catches him. Manimal Claw. Manimal Claw and Balor's caught. And this moves deadly submission. And Balor might be starting to feel paralysed now. The Fiend got it in. Shoulders are down. He pinned him with a submission move. And the Fiend beats Balor. And that was something else there. Dan, what do you think of that match? Uh, it was absolutely a statement made. I think they've the way they've done things with Bray is keeping him off TV for a while, giving him his little segments, trying to kind of introducing this new character and coming back and being absolutely unstoppable. And, you know, the only way for The Fiend and Bray now is just to carry on running through the roster and eventually getting himself a title shot. Now, here's a character, if he's right, can be very successful in WWE, and it's their option what they want to do with a fiend. But statement sent to Balor here at SummerSlam, an awesome debut from the fiend. So he's debuted as Husky Harris, he's debuted as Bray Wyatt, and now as the fiend. And you see the lights flashing on him. <laughs> That's what the fiend's all about. Fucking hell. So we see Bray. Can this be the resurgence? And he just disappears into thin air. Can this be the resurgence of Bray Wyatt? Balor will live to fight another day. Fuck that. But up next, there's just one match left. And we are on for a perfect score, Dan. After that last match, we get another point. It's 11 or 11 out of 11. And the Universal title is on the line next. And it's Brock Lesnar versus Seth freaking Rollins. There's the stop to Lesnar. The challenger is up. This is the moment for Seth. Another stop by Rollins. A third, a trifecta of stops. Rollins, hook to the lane. Seth, Rollins. 
do this. This is the damnest thing I've ever seen. Brock is the eighth man of the I beat you at WrestleMania, and I'm damn sure I can beat you again. But this is Brock Lesnar's game of anticipation. Seth Rollins, it's like waiting around seven hours at WrestleMania for your girlfriend to main event the show. the universal champ out here the only thing we're missing is brock lesnar so let's get out of here brock right now and make that decision Lesnar's clearly got under the skin of Seth Rollins I blame Seth he's looking for a fight isn't it just like Seth Rollins to just pee on everybody's parade but Seth Rollins ruined our Brock party! The and Brock Lesnar with a giant suplex launching Rollins across the ring. Relentless assault. And now Lesnar outside the ring. And a five to Rollins! Another German suplex. Did he ripped oh. off? wants to fight so tonight to display my genius are going to have a cross-branded top 10 all-star battle royal and when brock lesnar got through with seth rollins seth rollins was nothing more than a gelding you'd be risking your health you're all brocks Can Seth do it? He does! Rollins is going to SummerSlam! Rollins has a chance of redemption! I told you, I am a man possessed! I promise you SummerSlam will look a lot like WrestleMania! So the time has come now and uh, we talk about build-up. This is a match that I am not looking forward to seeing because, it, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get with Lesnar kind of dominating and I don't really think, you know, walking out the Vic went the last six SummerSlams, and the whole reason is this is what Carla Brock does. Rollins, for me, has been really weak recently, and uh, the storyline of Lesnar beating the shit out of Rollins just hasn't worked. Dan, what have you thought of the build-up? Absolutely not, no. It's, um, it is getting a bit stale, this plucky underdog. Oh, yeah, you might beat the fuck out of me, but I'll still keep getting up. But how many times can Seth keep getting up? Well, this is a question, and tonight he's going to have to fight the Beast. Even though he did slay the Beast at WrestleMania, Rollins is definitely not 100% leading into this. So, Dan, for the final time, who have you gone for in this match? Well, James, I believe I'm going to have a perfect score because I have gone for and still Universal Champion Brock Lesnar. And I completely agree with you. I too have gone Brock Lesnar in this match. I just think it's a certain thing of um, 
Lesnar walking out as champion and seeing what he's done. Rollins' universal title run hasn't worked, so that's why I think Lesnar's going to be walking out. What are your reasons for Brock? Well, you know, you beat Brock once and, you know, you don't live to tell the tale if you go after him again. Um, I, I think it's Seth Rollins' time to kind of take a step back from the universal title picture, have a bit of a personal feud. I know this feud with Brock Lesnar has been a bit personal, but, you know, change it up. Get Brock, out, uh, get Rollins out of the title picture. Give him something new, something fresh to work towards. And, you know, I'd appreciate him more if you get to see him rising back up the ranks. You know, starting from the beginning again and going through. Mm. Leave it for a couple of pay-per-views. You know, even save it, save it until, like, Royal Rumble. Get a surprise entrant into the Royal Rumble. Win that, you know, twice on the trot. And then go on to yeah. WrestleMania to kind of slay either the Beast Brock Lesnar if he's still champion by WrestleMania or whoever the champion is at mm. that point. Well, what I find really surprising as well is that the fans are still, you know, cheering for Lesnar. Lesnar's had near enough a better response than Seth Rollins and he gets fireworks. So Lesnar gets a couple of things there. Uh, and this is the thing with Lesnar, he just does the same shit, but fans cheer him, and this is a problem, therein lies a problem. If fans are starting to get on his side just to get against Lesnar, uh, Rollins, then McMahon's listen to it and go, God damn, I'm right, you know what I mean? I'm going to have to keep lo- using Lesnar, so therein lies a problem. Absolutely, I, I don't think WWE would flounder without Brock Lesnar as champion, but Vince McMahon does. Yes, yeah, I completely agree with you there, you know. But we talk about history tonight, and we talk about Lesnar and Rollins going back to WrestleMania 31 with uh, Lesnar losing the Universal title and, and story since then. It's kind of worked, but hopefully it can uh, have a conclusive finish tonight as Lesnar looks ready for action. looks in great shape. Is that a good idea to have the ribs taped up in front of Lesnar down, or is that just a massive target? Lesnar doesn't need a target. Well, it's weird how uh, what Lesnar can do with the beatings... Last month, Rollins had the gold round his waist, but now he's just got his ribs taped up, and it's Lesnar. My client, my name is Paul Heyman. And the fans chant along with that as well, and they cheer Brock Lesnar. And the Universal title on the line, we've picked Brock to go here, and the crowd are ready, and the crowd have been really good tonight, to be fair. I mean, a little bit quiet, maybe in parts, but they're ready for this main event. And the bell rings and Lesnar's on his toes already. And Seth's kind of backing away. And just a boot to the ribs and a clubbing blow across the back. And that just puts Seth in a very bad place. Oh my God, Lesnar just picking up Seth Rollins. Running in from pillar to post. Slamming him back first into the top turnbuckle. And now the huge knees as well. And Lesnar's just taking... And this is what I feared would happen. Lesnar would do this. This is what it's going to be for the rest of the match now. Absolutely. And obviously, take a shot every time you see a suplex. Oh, and a super kick though by Seth. Is that just going to piss off Brock Lesnar? Yep. As he delivers a German suplex, Seth rolls through, lands on his feet, hits the stump. Wow. Oh, my God. Lesnar kicking out. Uh. But fantastic stuff there by Rollins managed to land on his feet. Heyman shocked by that. And Seth might just have a chance on the apron now. Lesnar's on the outside. Huge knee to the size of the head of Brock Lesnar. And Lesnar doesn't really know where he is back in the ring now, though. And Seth's setting up Lesnar for maybe another super kick. Brock catches it. Delivers a second German, <laughs> but again, Seth landed on his feet. Super kick to the head. Second super kick 
drops Brock to his knees. And it's going to be curb stomp time. No, Brock catches him. Oh, no. F5. Oh, my word. What an exchange there between Brock and Seth. Now, Brock's kind of taking a step back <laughs> and just re-evaluating uh, what he's going to do. I think Seth took him right off his game plan. I mean, the look of face, I think Seth's earned respect from Brock Lesnar. Couldn't believe landing on his feet, not once but twice. I think that's where the power of Brock Lesnar doesn't help him sometimes. He throws someone so hard that they actually can rotate over. Oh my God, Lesnar's um, just picking up Rollins. <laughs> picking Rollins up by his rib tape and just spinning him around a couple of times and throwing him across the ring. And that's what Brock Lesnar can do. Just going to go to the attack now. He's frustrated. Rollins nearly got the better of him. Has got the best of him in the past. <laughs> Paul Heyman in the background laughing as Brock just screams like City bitch into the ear of Seth Rollins. And he made sure to keep hold of him so he couldn't land on his feet. Absolutely. And now Lesnar's just got the back of the head back into the German. And maybe it's all over for Rollins now. That'll teach him. If <laughs> we see a slow motion replay. <laughs> Brock Lesnar's going back to his game plan of uh, just absolutely decimating Seth Rollins after a momentary setback as he delivers a German on the outside on their way for Finn Matz. And look at Lesnar as he screams. And I think he realises now he's taking control of this match. I'm glad you asked, James. Yes, they are mere millimetres thick over pure concrete. Those way for Finn Matz. And Lesnar throws Rollins in. Another German. Rollins lands hard. I think Brock's there throwing Seth Rollins so hard now that he just lands in a crumple on the mat as opposed to uh, landing on his feet. But I don't think Seth could land on his feet even if he wanted to at this moment in time. Uh-oh, and now Rollins is in serious trouble. Lesnar's going to F5 him against the ring post. Uh, Rollins with a backslide sends Brock face first into the corner post. Throws him second time into the ring post. And Lesnar now in serious trouble and Rollins will look to try and capitalise. Throws Lesnar back in. Springboard knee to the side of Lesnar's face. Rollins has kept it simple in this match, just using the move, you know, like just knee strike, not trying to do anything else. But Rock Lesnar sidesteps the oncoming Seth Rollins and another German release as Heyman watches on as uh, Lesnar's domination continues. Well, Rollins that's halfway across the ring there. But not on his feet. No, it just shows the power of Brock. Brock Lesnar is sweating. Well, Brock's been in a fight. He knows it. Uh-oh, but now the gloves are off. Oh, dear. And Lesnar means business now. The size of Brock's hands. Well, he actually had to make custom-made. When he first joined the UFC with the gloves, he had to make custom-made gloves because he'd never seen a guy's hands so big as Brock Lesnar. And that's the kind of glove. There is no one like Brock Lesnar. Sheer size, power, and speed. The problem is he's just dominant, as we're seeing in this match right now. Brock's the guy that walked down the street, do what he wants, and says what he wants. Who's going to stop him? As he's now just going to squeeze Seth Rollins, squeeze the life out of the former Universal Champion. Seth trying to get his arm in to kind of get some separation. Just too far away from the ropes, though. He gets to the rope, but a clubbing blow across the back there makes Seth Rollins wish Brock Lesnar was still squeezing the life out of him. As he gets hung up on the second rope and Brock just choking him out. Well, credit to Seth Rollins to still be in this. But I don't think there's long left with Brock Lesnar now, just biding his time. I think he wants to hurt Seth Rollins for embarrassing him in Brock Lesnar's mind. Brock sends Seth back first into the corner. Oh! Comes charging in towards Rollins, but he, he sidesteps and Brock spears the ring post. 
I think he's dented it or moved the ring about three quarters of an inch <laughs> off centre. And now Seth's got a chance. He might not be able to breathe. He's not 100%. But he's got Lesnar literally on the ropes right now. Running kick sends Brock off the edge of the ring apron. Crashing over the announce table. And now Seth, here he comes. He's going to go flying. Straight towards Lesnar. A suicide dive nearly takes Lesnar's head off. Comes in for a second one. <laughs> takes Brock down again. Is the third time going to be a charm? Momentum in the world. Here he comes again. Uh-oh. But this time gets caught and sent back first into the ring post. And the speed that Lesnar built up over that short distance was absolutely immense. And now both men down on the outside. Referee's going to check. We, we don't want a double count out like we had in the WWE title match. And it's been really enjoyable. I've been, I'm shocked how much I'm enjoying this match. But Rollins is in serious trouble now. But Lesnar's not 100%. Absolutely not. You know, he's been knocked off his game plan a couple of times. Just when you think Lesnar's going to get into a suplexing streak, Seth Rollins comes back and uh, kind of disrupts his plan. He needs to take a step back and uh, evaluate what he's doing. And I think that as he takes apart the announce table. It's the most un-Brock Lesnar match that Brock Lesnar's had. In ages. Oh my word. But Seth Rollins with a super kick sends Lesnar creening onto the Spanish announce table. And now Rollins looks set to climb up onto the top turnbuckle. Well, Lesnar's stunned. Can Rollins get up and take advantage? Rollins is on top of the ring post. Frog oh. splash. <laughs> and that can't have done his ribs any good, but I think it's busted a couple of Brock Lesnar's ribs. <laughs> Brock Lesnar's selling. It's actually brilliant. Brock's just got folded up by Seth Rollins. And another holy shit chant. That was unbelievable. Seth oh, Rollins. Fucking hell. <laughs> his, knees, his knees hit the edge of the announce table. Seth Rollins must have been at least 15 feet in the air. At least 16 foot in the air. And it's unbelievable. There's still not been a count out yet as well. So, Heyman even saying count him out. But Rollins might have the advantage now. He's going up again. Bad ribs and all. Frog splash. <laughs> Picture perfect, Lesnar's down. Can Rollins curb stomp and end this? Well, he's trying to burn it down. He's begging Brock Lesnar to get up so he can send his face into the mat. Hits it. Stop, goes for the cover. One, One two, two. No, <laughs> Brock managing to kick out. Uh, oh my word. Lesnar's managed to kick out. Oh. twice of the curb stomp. One of the most protective finishes we've seen recently. Rollins cannot believe it. I can't remember the last time I saw Lesnar in so much pain. Well, here comes the pain for Brock Lesnar. And like I said, Rollins is going to burn it down. Third time's a charm. No, Lesnar catches... F5! No, Rollins escapes. Super kick. Into the stomp. Goes for the cover. One, two... Free! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Perfect score ruined, but Seth Rollins is your new Universal Champion. How the hell does Seth beat Lesnar? Not that clean as a whistle. Are we living in dreamland? Rollins wins the title in a fantastic match. What a great match that was. Absolute brilliant encounter, yeah, and it's... And, you know, we've always accused Brock of phoning it in. Tonight, he actually brought it in. And, you know, you've, you've got to give credit where credit's due to Lesnar. He, he didn't 
He looks human. He looked brilliant. You know, they're selling. Uh, it's like the old Brock Lesnar we all know beating now as well. You know, and everything that they put each other through. Rollins looks, looks like a badass after this and coming through. This is what they wanted for Roman Reigns. Can it help Seth, Seth Rollins with tears in his eyes? Can he now become the champion on top of the roster that we wanted for so long? He's beat Lesnar. I cannot believe that he's beaten Brock Lesnar here tonight. But what a great match that was. And Rollins celebrates now with the fans in Toronto. What a moment for Seth. Unbelievable stuff. And uh, that is SummerSlam. I mean, that is unbelievable. SummerSlam's not been too bad. I mean, I've, I've quite enjoyed it, really. I mean, there was a feeling early on that it might be a special event. But at the moment, you know, after that finish, we'll give our scores later. So um, let's just go run through the card. Or we'll do, first off, do points. Like I said, neither of us got the points. So it ends 11 all. So we both get a pay per view point. So that's seven, I think seven three now, or eight three. But I will check the scores just to verify that later on as well. Uh, Dan, what a summer sound it was. Should we go back and just review the card now? Obviously, we can't do the kickoffs because of, um, well, we were busy doing our live shows at the time. So we'll start off with the main show and Italia versus Becky Lynch for the uh, Raw Women's title. Uh, it was a very good match. It was a flawless match between the two. Very good back and forth. Natalia actually looked good, but I don't know if that was like because of the Toronto crowd helping her out. But yeah, you know, it wasn't a bad, bad match at all. No, without a doubt, it's a hot way to start. Natalia got a great reaction from the Canadian fans, and Lynch always gets good reaction. It was a solid match when, and and with submission, it was a little bit different. I think it brought the right kind of difference to the match itself as well, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Not taking away that both women's finisher is actually a submission, so it would have probably ended in a submission anyway. Yeah, but as in for pinful attempts and the ropes being used, you can use them for a rope break. Yeah, a yeah. Break, it, was, it was a good having like a bit of a gimmick to this Yeah, match. so it was nice to see that difference for it. I gave it a four out of five. I gave that a three and three quarters out of five. Uh, and then we had Goldberg versus Ziggler. God, you got you're Goldberg's man, so you can do this. Well, I thought it was uh, a very quick. It was the Goldberg we definitely deserved to see, and it is a very, very good bit of redemption. I I, I had to chuckle at Dolph Ziggler, you know, being ever defiant, staying down, and Brock Lesnar kind of said, "Look, you know, I'm just going to take you down." Boom, another spear. Boom, another spear. Comical, brilliant. Um, and, yeah, you know, it made Goldberg look like a legitimate badass once again. Yeah, without a doubt. What was your score? I gave that a three and a quarter out of five because, you know, there was hardly any match to uh, kind of score. <laughs> yeah, it was three and a half for me because it was just, like I said, it, it got the job done. You want to see Goldberg run through Ziggler and you got to see it like three fucking times. And then Ricochet versus AJ Styles for United States title. What are your thoughts? Ricochet's your man, isn't he? It was very good storytelling. It was um, an absolute great match, albeit a bit too short. It kind of put AJ Styles over as, you know, a legitimate badass, as, we, as we've seen since he's debuted. And it also didn't make Ricochet look too bad because, you know, with all the distractions, the odds were always going to be stacked against Ricochet getting a victory here. Yeah. I mean, what was your score out of five? I gave that a three and a quarter out of five. I gave that a three and three quarters out of five. Uh, it could have been better. Then we had the women's title from SmackDown, Moon versus Bailey. Uh, better than expected. 
Uh, it's a shame we didn't get to see the clips of Bailey Bay to the top. I could have seen these women with a little bit more time, a little bit more kind of pers- uh, personal rivalry. We'll see if we move to that or Bailey just moves on to different challenges now. Uh, not a bad batch. I gave it a three and a half out of five. I gave that a three out of five. It wasn't a terrible match and it saves the Eclipse and it makes Bailey look very good. Shane McMahon versus Omen's lost. He was fired and uh, he came through this even though Elias was the enforcer. Uh, Owen's still put on a great show. He's still very over. And uh, it, it's good to see a babyface overcoming the odds, even if it meant nothing in the end, to see Shane eat the stunner and Owen's get the job done. I quite enjoyed the match. And it was nice to see a showman match where he didn't have to hit it coast to coast or go for the announce table, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It was an entertaining match. It wasn't too long and very well performed by both blokes. We know Shane, you know, despite being a bit of a dick, he is... Quite an impeccable performer in the ring. The added bit with Elias as well, you know, kind of being a thorn in Shane's side. Is is this going to be kind of like the end of Shane now? Uh, at the end of the Kevin Owens dropping pipe bombs now because, you know, he's kind of come against his demon and he's sort of vanquished him. So what's Owens' goal going to be moving forward from here? Yeah, I mean, this going to look at, will Shane Mad just go... You know, turn it up now, and we're going to see a match eventually down the road where I, uh, McMahon puts his uh, career on the line against Kevin Owens. Uh, f- I gave that a four out of five. I gave that a three and a half out of five. And then Charlotte versus Trish, uh, Legend versus Trish Stratus. Dan, what were your thoughts? Well, Trish didn't perform too bad. She didn't like she had too much ring rust in her. You can see that Charlotte carried a majority of this match, but. You know, that was to be expected. I, I, I wasn't quite sure how these two varying different eras of styles was going to mash up. It it kind of didn't do too bad, but it wasn't anything that was blown out of the water. And, you know, it was kind of always obvious that Flair was going to be the one to go over in this match. I gave it a three and a quarter. Uh, I gave that a four out of five. I really enjoyed the kind of clash of styles as it was and uh, this situation I think it was a quite nice moment for that I had to give it a 4 out of 5 uh, and then Kofi versus Orton Dan how do you think your man went? Uh, I actually thought it was a very good match it was uh, dictated at Orton's pace which I like um, it protects Orton for a future match and kind of keeping this rivalry going um, you know I did like the bit where Kofi kind of snapped at the end like bringing his family into it but it kind of plays into a storyline of how many times we've seen families brought into things. The person whose family's been brought into it kind of snap. Um, but again, you know, good storytelling. And yeah, I'd like to see this go a bit further. Without a doubt, you know, this would be interesting to see. But I, gave, I thought the, the finish was a bit shit. Uh, so that's why I gave it three and three quarters out of five. I gave that a three and a half out three of five. Uh, and then we had The Fiend making his debut against Balor. Just absolutely amazing, really. FC in The Fiend was here, just destroying Balor. And the character, if protected, can be something really, really special. It was just phenomenal, wasn't it, you know? Absolutely, yeah. It was a, a great match. Bray looked unstoppable, but didn't squash Balor. You know, Balor got in a bit of offence. He looked to mark, mount a comeback. And, you know, that is good because it's kind of protecting Balor as well as putting over Bray as a new legitimate badass. I gave that a four out of five. 
I gave that a four out of five as well. Just awesome, I put. And then Brock Lesnar versus Rollins. Brock Lesnar, if he was like this all the time, then he would be loved by all. Putting a performance here against Seth Rollins in a in a very I can't remember last time Lesnar had a proper competitive match that wasn't just reliant on the old stuff. And this was absolutely brilliant. Up there with a the moment from like I don't want to say it's comparable to Eddie Guerrero winning the title off Lesnar, but that's the last time Lesnar actually did something like that for someone and Rollins to win. Let's hope they can capitalise on it. Really, really great match. Yeah, it is the best Brock match I've seen in ages. Great work from him. He's uh I don't know, I think, you know, after all these years, he might be settling in to be a team player. I don't know if uh, Paul Heyman's had a bit of influence or had a word in his uh, ear. But it is good to see Brock kind of like, I don't know, it seems like he cares about the business a bit now. I gave that a four and a quarter out of five. I think you made a point where you said, like, because if Heyman is in control of Raw now, do you think he actually spoke to his mate and gone... Come on, bro. Why don't, you, why don't you try saying for me, you Come know? Come on, so. Brock. Yeah. No, so I think that's a good point. Uh, but a great match, and I gave that four and three quarters out of five. So wow. I really, really like it. You're very generous with your scores tonight. Always. Oh, I'm not a Grinch like you. Uh, so we talk about a match of the night with Brock Lesnar versus Rollins. Same for you, Dan? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, that is basically it. But, you know, SummerSlam finishes with Seth Rollins' title around his waist and swinging above his head. Lesnar will recover though from this. But what do you think of SummerSlam overall, Dan? And what is your score out of 10? Um, well, the main t- taken away point from this is there wasn't an awful match in the whole card. It's something that, you know, you could watch again and you think, yeah, you know, it's it was enjoyable. Like same thing that happened with NXT TakeOver. There wasn't anything that kind of stood out and made me go, fucking wow, that was awesome. You know, um, I think the Edge thing, it shouldn't have happened on the pre-show, it shouldn't have happened on the main show. I know that would have kind of taken Elias possibly out of the match with Kevin Owens, but it would have been worth it. You know, they could have had Drew McIntyre standing for Elias at the match, but the reaction would have been better and it would have been something that would have been talked about a lot, lot more uh, so on that basis, I am giving it an eight and a quarter out of ten. I think the the Rollins Lesnar match for me is something that I'm going to rewatch again soon. Uh, think it was quite enjoyable. Uh, so for me, for that, I've got to give it an eight and three quarters because SummerSlam as a whole uh, didn't feel like kind of massive event feel. I don't know if it's because of the arena or whether it was because of Takeover the night before. It didn't feel like a kind of big four event. It just felt like a pay per view. But that pay per view was really enjoyable, and I think it's one of the best of 2019. I think they've really hit it out of the park when it comes to uh, the big four with the Rumble, WrestleMania, and now with SummerSlam. You know, so eight and three quarters for me. But it is Seth Rollins's night as he holds up the title belt and the fireworks go off in the background. And who would have thought Seth Rollins? will be the champ as SummerSlam ends. So that's it. Don't forget our next episode will be NXT TakeOver. We'll bring that out on Sunday. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email at WNRpodcast at gmail.com and on Instagram the WNR Podcast. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review podcast. We've got all the latest clips on there. Podcasts go up on YouTube. Same time, do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also on Spreaker Radio. We've got live shows, Stitch Radio and iTunes. We can down, subscribe, rate and review there. 
And like we said, we had the uh, website announcement will be coming in New Year, Dan. What is it? It is the it is the WNR podcast dot com. Yeah. And I've just looked at paper you scores. I've been doing you wrong. It was it's eight four now. You've got four, I've got eight. So they're the final scores when it comes to WWE pay-per-views. And, of course, you'll find out about takeovers on our next show as well. But that's it, Dan. Final thoughts for the SummerSlam weekend. Was it worth it? It was worth it, yeah. there was. Uh, I think both shows was missing something with that wow factor. But hopefully, you know, it, uh, it, they, they definitely have improved, especially on the WWE pay-per-view side of things. All right, Dan. And let's think, Dan. We are only just a couple of weeks away from our next TakeOver event. We'll be bringing it to you at the end of the month. NXT TakeOver Cardiff. It's going to be Walter versus Tyler Bate. But until then, I have been James Rowlands and as always, always joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks for joining us over Sam weekend. Bye. Bye.